This week on Invasion of the Podcast, we have a bone, or a lack thereof, to pick with Netflix. We crack open the egg that is memory, the origins of Alien. And in tonight's game, I ask Paul if I'm joking, or am I toking? We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of the realm of tension. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And a welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where I try to take over the world one listener at a time. My name is Paul, and um, Steve is back. Yay, Steve. Hey, last week, you and Joe got nicknames. I don't get anything. It's just, I, just um, Steve. Uh, it, it's Steve Crew Expendable King. Oh, Steve, I don't know I like that. Steve Chessburster King. Like, I don't know. Like, what do you, what do you want? Um, I'll go with that. Steve Jonesy King. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. We'll go with that one. I was just doing. I was doing a little bit of a callback to how I used to try to come up with dumb names I for know. us. You, you know? were trying to remember the glory of what the show was before. <clears throat> yeah, I yeah. I get yeah, it. The, the ruins that are that just it is has been like it's it, it's like the end of the no time uh, was it no what was it um oh uh, the Burgess Meredith Twilight Zone episode um. Oh, uh, time enough at last, right? You're just walking around the scarred ruins of this podcast, like nothing's left, right? And then you drop your glasses. That's where we're at with this, right? That's, you know. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> no, it was, a, I, one, I just want to say thank you to Joe to coming back on and uh, I had a fun, I had a good experience, you know, listening to the show and enjoying it uh, like I used to back in the day. It was, it was kind of nice. And you're like, but I could uh, do better. So then you just shoved him out of the way. <laughs> well, I was going to say thanks for Joe coming back on and showing me how it's done. So <laughs> I'm re-energized now. It was, and it was I'm funny. Ready to attack. Well, before we started recording, then he was like, is Steve coming on? I'm like, no, you didn't read the text message, right? <laughs> like, he's like, oh, he's like, he's like, I'm just, I was just waiting for Steve. I'm like, no, we're just, we're going to just do this by, he's like, oh, okay. Like, it was like, <laughs> so he it was, it would have been hilarious if it, you guys would have been like halfway through the show. And he was finally like, where is Steve at, by the way? Why, why isn't he here? <laughs> I'd have been like, no, and no, he's here. Explain to him. I'd be like, he's here. He just doesn't say much. No. Uh, like, <laughs> no, it was fun. And I, I understand that, you know, you had to have time off because you had your secret government missions you were on. And, uh, um, you know, I'm glad that you enjoyed listening. I hope everybody else enjoyed our talk about Event Horizon. I adore that movie. And it was hard. Like... You know, it might have some flaws, but I just, I, again, it's one of those, one of those revelations that one, I should own this thing on Blu-ray and I don't, I, I should go and get like the, like the nice edition of it and how this is one of those movies. It's like, it's in my top favorites. I just, I don't know why it is. I always blank on it when I talk about like my favorite films. So I have to admit I own Event Horizon and thankfully you guys didn't spoil too much. I have not actually watched Event Horizon and the funny thing is, is for some reason, I always can, I confuse three movies and two of them are sort of around the same era, but Event Horizon is a late nineties movie. I, I always confuse, uh, Event Horizon, Leviathan 
and Deep Star Six for some reason <laughs> well, as being the same movie. Two of them are underwater, and one of them I is know. outer space, like deep outer space. So, yeah, I don't. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess if you wanted to confuse Sphere and Event Horizon, that might be a little closer. But no, um, yeah, I know I pitched to you recently, and I know we'll eventually get to it. But I, I would talk about some Leviathan or Deep Star Six. But it's funny that you're like, yeah, I guess it's also like you know, cruise the crew like on a on a vessel like away from everybody and shit turns sideways. I get that all makes sense to me, right? Like I could see why you get this confused. And the names are, you know, in passing can be, you could probably switch some of them out, right? Yeah. I, I guess if there was a movie I should confuse the other two with, it'd be like the abyss. Yeah. But you know, since the, the abyss is a James Cameron joint, I, I guess I tend to at least remember what it is. So I like that. I love event horizon and don't own it. And then you own it, but you've not seen it. That seems, that seems, <laughs> that seems pretty much on course for everything. Yeah. And I think, I think maybe I um, dipped into somebody's voodoo and watched event horizon. Uh, to get ready for the show. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like a four ninety nine buy, and I was like, I've never seen this. And that's the thing. That's the, you know, honestly, uh, we've talked a little bit about, you know, well, we've talked a lot about, let me rephrase, uh, you know, the disappearance of physical media and how we still love Blu-ray and stuff like that. But I will say that it's such a, you know, when I'm looking at Voodoo and I see a movie and it's like on sale four ninety nine, and I'm like, yeah, why not? I'll just buy it instantly. That's probably their best con game is just their four ninety nine sales because I'll just buy anything. So I'm like, oh, I haven't seen that. <laughs> I guess I could check that out for four ninety nine. Oh, that, what Amazon does too, like where um you like I go to rent something and it's like rent three dollars, buy five. I'm like, well, all right, I'm just gonna buy it. Well, it's just it's, that's what happened with Shocking Dark. Yes, I know, right? And like um. Oh, what was it recently? Like, I I can't remember what it was. I just I I was watching something. I just I was telling I was telling Mary. I was like, well, it's five bucks. She's like, yeah, okay, go ahead and get it. I'm like, all right, like we own it now. Like, you know, same thing with me and <laughs> like video games. Where like when PlayStation Run sells, I'm like, well, you know what? I don't. That's such a good. That's a good price for that. And it's like, do I ever ever have any intention of ever like playing it? Maybe. You know, so like, <laughs> but you should take some time out. I know you have a very busy schedule. Like Event Horizon's like lean and mean at like ninety some minutes. You should check it out, Event Horizon. I think it'd be right up your alley. Yeah, I, 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 it's on the list. And after hearing how enthusiastic you guys were both were talking about it, uh, it's moved up on the list. We'll put it that way. Well, considering that we're getting into Alien Day, which is we're going to be talking about um, uh, memory origin of aliens, the documentary. Um, you know, it, it feels like it's not that far afield, right? Because I mean, like Alien mm-hmm. is space horror. This is space horror. It's a little different type of space horror, but. You don't have Event Horizon with the way the geography and the architecture and the cinematography of that movie looks without Alien. So, yeah, I would again highly, highly recommend it. I know I don't need to convince you, but sooner sooner or later, you're gonna watch it and be like, "Oh yeah, that was pretty great." I'm like, "Yeah, I know," but it's the same way I am with things too. I'm like, "I know I'll love it when I get to it." Yeah. So, all right. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I I still have to see his entire. Uh, Resident Evil, uh, yeah. Oh, but uh, I've I've never seen a Resident Evil film. I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> you know, like I just it's not it's not one of those things where like I've, I've been like staunchly opposed. It's just that I've just I'm good. I think I'm good. You know, <laughs> like there might be some fun in there, but I it, just, it's I don't funny know. too because it's yeah. I'm like I'm like this should be something I'd be into. Why do I have no interest in this? And I I 
I don't have a good answer. We'll put it that way. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, like I just, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, Event Horizon, everybody check it out. And then also Steve has a 420 game because we're recording this on 421. Uh, we have a 420 game at the end of the, at the end of the show. Um, cause you know, cause you know, we got high and forgot that yesterday was 420. That, that's I was just going to say, we're always timely on things. We either cover things way after they've happened or, uh, you know, right Wait, before. Yeah, because so. we're, well, like we're five days before Alien Day, so why not, right? <laughs> so it all makes sense. So you've been away. Uh, has there been anything you've gotten into? So like anything else that you, you've not watched Event Horizon and Broken My Heart. I get it. Uh, was there anything that you got into? I know you've been busy, but have you gotten any, any media that, uh, that you want to talk about? So, all right. So two things. One is, uh, well, I've talked about this on the show previously. I can't really take in new stuff while I'm working. Like I can't put on a new movie cause I, I, will, I, I, I don't like, well, Hey, I don't like just, you know, uh, I don't like distracting myself or dividing my attention between the two is probably a better way of putting it. But also it's just like, it feels wrong to be like, yeah, I'm just going to sit here and draw while I'm, this movie that I've never seen before plays. Yeah. So I, I tend to be, you know, when I'm working, uh, I know for you, like it, a lot of stuff, uh, you, you like to listen to podcasts and, um, you know, I do more of that. Like when I'm working or driving and when I say working, I mean, at my job, not, my, not my other jobs. So, yeah. um, one of the things that I can watch and I, I've talked about this, I think impossible, Past episodes, I could be wrong. Uh, Law and Order is sort of like this perfect show that you can just jump into no matter what season it is, you know, what the actors or stars are of the era, uh, what's going on in your personal life. You don't ever have to worry about, like, you could turn it on and be like, it's it's season 15. I haven't seen the first 14 seasons, but I'm going to turn this show on. And and, and be, it's a one-and-done, you know, show every episode. Like, I, and I, I realize that, you know, you do a podcast about an anthology show, which is pretty much a one and done, but there is just something comforting about knowing that like, no matter what season it is, what uh, cast it is, whatever, I can always just jump in and not have to worry about having seen previous episodes or future episodes. Uh, so law and order, I, I've done quite a bit of a marathon of that. And uh, you know, it's, it's broadcast television, but I will say that whew, there is some stuff in there. Where I'm like, one, I'm kind of surprised they got away with it because the show um, starts in the 90s, uh, but also with like a baby uh, face Sam Watterson. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but also like um, there are things that they'll say or do where I'm like, OK, I'm surprised they were able to get this on the air in the 90s. But also this this really did not age well. <laughs> so um, and it's it's funny, too, when it's it's, you know, something Something where you're like, yeah, you know, the times really have changed. You know, um, we were much more comfortable with certain things, I guess, uh, back in the day being used on television, which I don't think would be used on television today. So I just wanted to make a quick mention of that. So, you know, I've watched probably at least five or six seasons of Law and Order during my downtime or work time. No, I love I love Law and Order too because it follows a flow. You're right. And there's very rarely are there like to be continued episodes. I know there's some that have like arcs, right? But yeah. Like you get like little flavor of both the cops and the lawyers. So like um and, but it's like there's something about like it's like this is grown up TV. Like it's it's like grown up TV <laughs> comfort food. I don't like I I love Law and Order. 
Well, I, I've talked about uh, Lenny Briscoe's opening lines for Law and Order. I, I used to love whenever they would start an episode, you know, they'd show up on a murder scene. And him, because I think he had like two or three different partners on the show at one point. Um, and uh, he'd show up, they'd tell him whatever the details of, of the crime scene, and then he'd make like a terrible pun. My two favorite ones is uh, the first one is, is that there's a woman who's found dead in a changing room of like a, you know, I was going to say like a pennies, but like a department store. Um, and they're, you know, giving him, you know, the rundown and he looks at her. Or he looks at his partner and he's like, you know, I'd heard of this before. I'd just never seen it happen. And his partner's like, what? And he's like, she dropped. She shot till she dropped. <laughs> and like, I don't know why. Like, I feel like there should be like, you know, like a sad trombone or some sort of like sound effect that comes out after every time Lenny tells a terrible joke. The other one uh, that's my favorite is, is uh, they show up to somebody who's been run over by a car. And uh, the one, his partner, again, the one cop has a cold. And Lenny Briscoe looks over at him and he's like, and you thought you were feeling run down. I'm like. (laughs) Oh, to be a fly on the wall. I I wish there was a Lenny Briscoe writer's room. That's it. You know, (laughs) like everybody, give me something, give me something. And then so after, you know, after like, you know, that character went away, they're like, all right, we'll just go to CSI Miami with, you know, uh, was a Horatio. Like, you know, like, uh, come on, guys, we need we need some uh, David Caruso uh, liners here. Right. So. Yeah, you're right. He was always the one to kind of bring um, the sarcastic, like dark humor. Um, here's something that you may not know. I just I, okay. I, I, I learned this a while ago, but Jerry Orbach plays Lady Briscoe. Uh, he was mm-hmm. the voice of uh, Lumiere and uh, Beauty and the Beast. Oh, I did not know and that. He sang the BRG uh, song. Think, and I know he's had a lot of different roles, but I think the only other thing that I can think of him being in from the top of my head is is in uh, I. I don't know why I know this, but I know that he's like the father in, um, I almost said pretty woman, but I meant dirty dancing. Oh yeah. That's let, right. Yeah. I just, let we, me, uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I, I apologize. I'm going to interrupt my own thing with my, <laughs> with something else. Two notes from last week's show. One, you guys <laughs> talked about Gary Marshall and we're like, that's his claim to fame. Okay. Gary Marshall created happy days and Laverne and Shirley. So like he did a lot more than just pretty woman. So he had a pretty like legendary career. So I just wanted to throw that out there because it's like, I guess that's his claim to fame. I'm like, no, you guys, he, he did all this other stuff. <laughs> I, so. I like that. I'm getting a, like a real time active feedback from the previous episode. <laughs> Thank you. I, but, uh, like, and I'll so, put it in my Apple review. So, so um, next week I'll have notes for your comments this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it just, it was surprising to me because I've just, you know, he I, I blanked actually, on that. You're right. I completely blanked. The last on that. time we were in California, he uh, was doing a remake of the odd couple with um, Matthew Perry and oh my god, I'm blanking on his name, Jonathan. No, it's Dangle. It's Dangle from uh, yeah. 911. It is um, oh shit. I yeah. His yeah. real name though, I think it's it's John. Oh, it's not Jonathan. Um, but I'll okay, look it up I feel here. terrible for yeah. not remembering his name now. Uh, but we got to go to a taping. Tom, Thomas Lennon. Yeah. Thomas Tom Lennon. Lennon. Yeah, Tom oh, Lennon. I was thinking John Lennon. That's why. Okay. Uh, Cause I'm smart. Um, <laughs> but he was actually at the taping and there was a Q and a with the audience. And I mean, he was, this was uh, 2014. So he was probably in his like 
I don't know, late seventies, early eighties. I think he's passed now, but, um, yeah, I just, that one surprised me. And then the other thing I've, I've already taken up with Joe, but it just surprised me and there's no judgment here, but he saw mortal Kombat in the theater five times. I don't know that I've seen that many good movies in the theater five times, let alone a movie of the quality of the original Mortal Kombat. And I, you know, he's like, I was 15. I love Mortal Kombat. I I get it. I do. But I was still like five times. Like, yeah, um, I I guess that sparks a discussion of what is the worst movie you've seen multiple times? (laughs) (laughs) The worst movie I've seen multiple times. Oh, you know what? Um, I have an answer. I'm not going to give it right now because I don't want to open that wound again. Um, but okay. uh, uh, it, oh. it, it, it rhymes with Space Jam. I'll say that. Uh, so, uh, but I, I never I saw that in the theater once. Saw uh, whatever. But no, I have seen Napoleon Dynamite like five, six, seven times in the theater, and I'll, I'll explain why. Uh, the first time I saw it, it was uh, Cleveland Cinemas, uh, you know, and like it was playing like the art house like thing for a bit before it got like picked up for like major distribution. I, I thought that movie was a lot of fun. And then it ended up hitting like widespread distribution through MTV films. And I was living in, um, I was living in Rocky river at the time. Like that's a suburb of Cleveland on the West side. And I was like, like a 10 minute walk away from a an AMC theater. So it was running there and I'd go for like the $4 Tuesdays or whatever. And just go watch because at the time where I was living, I had, um, I was living with a set of roommates that were dating and it felt like, like clockwork they would get into a fight anytime I had time off. So I went to go see Napoleon dynamite. So I, I, I guess I'll say I've seen that movie multiple times under duress, but I love mm-hmm. that movie, but it was one of those things. I'm like, all right, four bucks, get out. Let me get out of the fight zone. You know? <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I, I, I have seen that a lot in the theater. Do you know why your roommates were fighting uh, when you had free time off? I don't know. It just like it was bad. No, no, it, I'm no, asking. No, I'm like, going like, to tell I, you. I, why. I, oh, you're going to tell me why? Okay. Yeah, because the time that you're away from the house, they used to make up. Uh, no, 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 no. I, no, no. I heard about all that too while I was there. Like so. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, not good. Uh, and I, you know, like, let's put it this way. I, I, I'm in, I'm in better situations. Still love Napoleon dynamite. However, it was my, like, it was my safe haven. <laughs> you know, it was like, <laughs> and I remember uh, brief, brief aside, uh, like to, to go on our side, this is inside inception. I remember speaking of Paul W.S. Anderson, I went to go see alien versus predator because I was so annoyed with them. I'm like, I'm going to the movies. They're like, what are you going to go see? I was like, alien versus predator. Like we'll go. So I'm like, Great. So <laughs> I, w- I knew I was already going to be disappointed, but I'm just like, can I have a minute? No. Okay. Like, it was like, <laughs> yeah. So there you go. I don't, that, that, that may have answered your question. I don't know how fully though, but yeah, that's, that's, that's tearing yeah. open some, uh, that's, that's some scar tissue there. Thank you for, I, I we're done now. I'm sad. Yeah. Yeah. Before, <laughs> before I uh, take us off into another random topic, yeah. cause I, I think I've, I've had like nine so far since we've been talking. Well, it's been two weeks. Uh, to, so you're, to you're, like a, you're like that garden hose that got kinked up. You're like, I got to talk about things, <laughs> you know? uh, to finish out or round out. I should say, you know what I watched. Uh, I wanted to make mention of this. Uh, it is a Netflix show, which is going to, you know, more appropriately pop up in our, our first uh, story tonight. But uh, there's a show on Netflix that feels Specific to this show in the sense of we do a lot of food talk on this show, um, surprisingly, to overweight guys who <laughs> like food. 
talk a lot about food. But uh, it's funny to me. Uh, there's a show uh, that uh, is... And it, it, it shouldn't be as interesting as it is. But when you hear it, you're like, that's a terrible idea. And then you watch it and you're like, oh, this is pretty cool. Uh, it's a show called Is It Cake? <laughs> Have you heard or seen I, Is I, It Cake? I know the premise. I, yeah. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, it's hosted by Mikey Day of Saturday Night Live. And uh, it's literally just a baking competition where people make cakes that look like other things. And then judges have to tell them if it's cake. So it's, I don't know why it's so fascinating to me. Maybe it's because it's like, it's not something I could ever conceivably do. So that might be it. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but I, it's, I always want to say it's funny or it's interesting. It's probably neither of those things, but uh, <laughs> I do find the fact that, you know, something like Nailed It, which had this broad appeal with something else that I enjoyed because it was people being like the worst at making something and being proud of it. I kind of like that aspect of the show, although I think some people just were sort of like, I don't know, I, I feel like they were just a little too proud about how you know oh, i never measure anything and i just throw in whatever no, I, want, I think the know, problem that with that show is that they don't they don't meet the contestants at their level like they purposely yeah. give them something that's impossible like the first one is like terrible and then the second challenge is like get out of here like I, I think it's still a fun show but there's yeah. no way any of them will do anything that resembles anything that they're expecting them to do and i don't think that's fair but i, I do like the uh the converse of that where it's like, Oh, watch these really talented people make things that, you know, you couldn't conceive of making, you know, and there's some that aren't as successful as others, but, uh, it's still an interesting show. And I guess, you know, I, I used to think of myself as somebody who didn't watch either game shows or reality TV. And I realize now that a lot of the things that I do watch are some form of a game show or reality TV where I'm like, Oh yeah. If it's not an old episode of law and order, I guess, uh, (laughs) You know, I'm sitting down and I'm I'm watching the weakest link or whatever. Um, well, but I think but competitions. I, I think no, I think there's a distinct difference there between that and like, I, I, at least there's like like you're seeing like the, the the possibility of skill being executed. I think there's a difference there, right? Like there's that um there's that uh, Amy Poehler um, Nick Offerman show making it right where they do the crafting. That's on yeah, Peacock. We watched that as well. It's it's a delight, right? You see people mm-hmm. like and it's it's so much fun, and you see everybody trying their best, and everybody helps them out. Like there there's there's something there to be, you know. So I, I yeah I understand I, what you're saying. I have a I'm not going to name which contestant it is, but I have a kind of funny story about making it. Uh, there was somebody on the show that, and I, if you guys have not seen the show, usually what they do is they'll focus on at least one of the contestants and and tell their backstory and you know things that they've done in their life or whatever. And a lot of times, you know, because it's a it's a reality show, game show, however you want to call it, they do tend to focus to make it as you know bittersweet as possible. And there was there was this character who my wife just hated. Like week to week, she just like kick her off. Just oh god! And then they get to like her story, and it's like one of the saddest stories we've ever heard. And she's just like, "I'm such an awful person. I've been rooting to get her off the show this entire time, and now I find out she's come over, overcome all this these things, and has faced so much adversity." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's right. You're a terrible person. Only I get to sit here and make jokes about her. I don't know why." But uh, as you sat there with your crown on your head, and you just like with your scepter. (laughs) You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I just, she just felt so bad. I'm like, yeah, 
Yeah, I'm going to guess probably everybody's got a sad story. They're gonna but, but I'm going to guess that she don't. felt so bad, but she still didn't want to look at her face anymore and wanted her off the show, right? I'm going to guess that's the default setting. I'm like, oh, I do feel bad, <laughs> but it'd be really good if she didn't win. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> That's kind of how it was yeah. when, when, when my wife and I used to watch MasterChef. Like, there'd be people like, no, screw them. And, like, somehow we become experts in cooking, like, the entire yeah. time. Like, like it's yeah, it, it's the it's the ultimate, like, armchair quarterback of, like, oh, they're not going to be able to put that in the blast chiller in time. This is all going to be bad. Like, what, a, what the, I don't. I, I don't have a blast chiller. Who am I? You know, like, you know, like I was we, lucky. We do to, the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite things to say about uh, either MasterChef or Hell's Kitchen is, is oh, my God, I, I can't believe you screwed up the risotto. Yep. <laughs> like, I don't know how to make risotto. Yeah. But like anytime somebody messes it up, which happens a lot on that show, uh, that's my go to is, is I can't believe they screwed up the risotto. I can't believe it. There you go. Like, the, yeah. the one thing that you should be able to do if you're on the show. Yeah. So, so is it the, so the, is it cake show is a kind of a fascinating watch is what you're saying? Yeah. Before I, you know, walk into other, other things to talk about because I just tonight seem to be unfocused. Uh, I will say, is it cake? Absolutely. A lot of fun. I would recommend it. Uh, I mean, it's not, I don't even think it's 10 episodes. I think it was like six or eight. So it's a pretty breezy watch. You could, I'm sure I can watch out with my wife because our, our watching Venn diagram is limited, but some of the competition stuff we're about together. It's fine. So yeah, that's a good, that's a good recommendation. So, uh, anything else that you got into? Cause I have a, I have a couple, you know, I know there are other things that I watched and for whatever reason, I probably watched something in, Amazing, and right now the only thing I can think about is Law and Order because it's been you the know, only thing you think about is like half of that. So after watching Is It Cake, does this like like now watching things that have shown to be cake? Does that make you question objects around you? Like it could be cake. <laughs> you're like, you know what? No, it makes me wish objects around me were cake. Like, like, I'd like to come back sometime <laughs> and find out my computer's just been replaced with a cake that looks like a computer. <laughs> it's gonna be like it's just like oh look at this Converse high tops. I, I could probably put in that mouth my mouth right now. <laughs> Like it might not be cake, but what if it is? Like, does it, does it, does it like start like this weird like pica thing for you, where you're like, I'm gonna just try it because you know what, fifty fifty shot here, it could be cake. You know, because like, <laughs> you never know, it could be cake hiding there. We don't know. We, don't, we have we tried? Have we tried caking it? You know, like so. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think the only other thing it could be would be beer. So I'm like, is it beer? Can it beer? <laughs> that's, yeah. yeah, I, I would. Uh, I would like that. Would be way like, better if it was a beer. They're like, oh, this Converse high top. Oh, it was beer the entire time. I'm like, yeah, I would drink that. I would drink that shoe. That's fine. That's fine. Um, I don't know. I, I ever showed you there was that. Uh, I think it was a vine that tells you this is like I'm aging myself. Like a couple years where the person was watching the cake videos. And like they're sitting on their bed and then like they turned and like they touched something that became cake and they like, they freaked out. And then at one point they, they touched something else and it became cake. And then eventually they reached down to their, like their, their, their jeans and they touched their own ass and they, they, they pulled their hand up and became cake as well. And they freaked <laughs> out. I don't know if you've seen that. It's like, it was like this, like, it was like, a, like 10 seconds of like terrifying. Everything became cake. But that, that almost feels like that's your Homer looking at um, Germany being laying out chocolate. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of is, you know, I'd be, I'd be okay. You know, yeah. if just once I looked at something and I'm like, wait, is that cake? And it was, and it was right. So, all right. So, uh, the two things I want to mention, um, I, well, I mean, I, I don't know what it is. I've like, um, and, and the time off, um, between our talkings, I, 
I just started watching a lot of like just just shit comedies that I don't know. Like I like um meaning things that are entertaining to me, but maybe not everybody else. Like I will I will defend these. These are the hills I will die on. Um, I think I mentioned last week I ended up watching The Pick of Destiny with Tenacious D. Um, that with our Devil game that I played last week with Joe. I love The Pick mm-hmm. of Destiny. I think that's a fun movie. Um, I, have you have you seen The Pick of Destiny? I don't know if you've ever seen it or not. Yeah, I, it's been oof. that movie's at least ten years old now, right? I, yeah, I don't remember so. when yeah. it came out. Yeah, it came out a yeah. while ago. Yeah. Um, I've only seen it once, and I remember liking it, but I haven't revisited it. Um, and I, I do remember. Because I love that first Tenacious D album, and I was kind of bummed when like the music from that album wasn't in there. But that's kind of the point. But it's the point. It's, it's, the kind of, it's kind of a prequel, right, to the first yeah. movie. Like, and like it's one of those things you don't know until the. I mean, spoiler, right? But that's a fun movie. I, I think that movie's a lot of fun, and I have a good time with it. So if you've not put that on your list too, Event Horizon, uh, Pick of Destiny, almost the same movie. Uh, both involve <laughs> hell or the devil in different ways. You know, spoiler. Um, I wish Paul Tompkins was an event horizon. That'd be amazing. Um, so I watched that again. I, that's a movie I could watch on a loop. It's so much fun. Um, but it's also a bummer now that in the beginning of it, you see uh meatloaf and Dio and you're like, Oh, all right, well they're out, you know, so that, you know, I, time, right. That's what happens. But then I ended up watching. Sam you know, what's weird yeah, I'm sorry, for a ahead. brief moment. I forgot that, that I, I, I mean, I remember that Dio's dead. Like that's firmly, but I'd completely forgotten that Meatloaf was dead. Where you're like, you see Dio and Meatloaf, and I'm like, oh, what's wrong with uh, Dio and Meatloaf? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I get it now. You're both yeah, dead. That's yeah. All right. So uh, that, and I ended up watching Saving Silverman, the the unrated director's cut, which is like, a, I think there's a lot better gags than that. I love Saving Silverman. Also, a Jack Black movie. I, I love that movie. So I, I, I could watch that on a loop too. Like is it him and Steve Zahn, just they they. <laughs> They have so much fun in that movie. I don't know if you've seen that or not. Um, you should, if you get a chance to watch the unrated cut there, it's a movie that is stupid as all get out, but there's a lot of fun to be had in it. Yeah. That's uh, Jason Biggs, right? Yeah. No, he's the, the Jason Biggs is funny too. And Amanda Pete's in it. Uh, Arlie, no, 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 I'm just asking. Yeah. yeah Arlie Emery's in it as right? well. Yeah. Arlie Emery plays the football coach. He's a hoot in that as well. Like there's, there's a lot of fun to be had in that movie. I, I think that movie's great. So um, I watched that recently, but then I've been watching the Jackass movies. I don't know why. <laughs> like I've, I have uh, got my way through one and two. I'm halfway through three now after watching Forever in the theater. Uh, Paramount Plus has all of it. Um, I forgot about how entertaining and disgusting those movies are. I've been getting into that a lot too. However, okay. So what I want to mention is after going to Cinema Wasteland and seeing you and having a good time, we had a lot of fun there. I picked up a film from, uh, it was called Deep Blood from 1989. It was a Jaws PlayStation film. Jaws PlayStation. It's a Jaws film. It's a Jaws ripoff film. Um, can you, can, it's like, oh, what, what's a Jaws film without a shark? That's Deep Blood. <laughs> like, it is, um, <laughs> there, there is shark getting happening there, but like, just you, trust me, you need, like, I want to show this movie to you because the way they, they, they cut around the shark is amazing. And the way that they, they employ the shark is it, it's all stupid, but I want to like the important thing I want to mention to you is directed by uh, Joe Diamato, which I know that's like his, I don't know if that's his actual director name, but it's an Italian director. It's an Italian knockoff film. Uh, there's the movie that you and I have come, like I showed you a couple years ago called Endgame, um, that yeah. Italian film, same director. So oh, okay. I, I somehow I have two films from this director, but like I have like, no Spielberg movies in my collection. 
<laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. But um, like, Deep Love was a lot of fun. Um, Paul, it, what, what Scorsese films do you have? Um, um, none. How many? <laughs> yeah, right? I, I don't think I have any Scorsese films. I mean, I might have Casino, but I don't think I do. But um, but yeah, it's just like, all these masters. I'm like, sure. Joe D'Amato? D'Amato? Two. You know, anyway, so uh, also on Blu-ray special release. So that was a lot of fun. It's it's just it's a silly movie. Um, and it's just it, it's just it's, it's a shark movie, and it's so silly, and I love it. So it's a lot of fun. I also want to mention though, uh, last weekend, um, I got to play the Alien board game, uh, Fate of the Stromo. Oh, it's a tabletop okay. game, um, and you lay out the board, and also the flip side of the board is um. Cause it's like one of those ones that you fold out. It's like four panels. So it's like the, you know, you have to fold it out on the back side, and the right corner is a large image of Jonesy hissing. So that's fun, right? They know, they yeah. know, they know what they're doing. Right. So you play this game where, um, you are, you, it's like up to like five players. It's all the members of the Stromo, except for Kane spoiler. He didn't make it. Um, so, uh, everybody has like their own special actions and like the, the aliens all like you know, roaming around and has its own actions too. Uh, so yeah, it's one of those games where you have to manage your resources and try to solve um, the objectives and then like escape the ship. Um, we failed miserably twice playing it, but it doesn't mean that we didn't try <laughs> our hardest. So it's a lot of fun. It's a very much approachable um, game like this. Some of those are more complex. This is one of those ones that I'm sure if we tried it a couple more times, we'd probably get the gist of everything, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I I've seen a lot of these types of games and obviously I don't want to say that like, Oh, gaming's come back in a big way. Uh, cause people would probably just yell at me and be like, it never went away. You idiot. Yeah. But I do feel like board games and, you know, tabletop gaming seems to have come back and, in, in uh, the last 10 years. And maybe that's just a generational. Well, no, I think that's but, fair. I think it's a fair statement. Like the last 10, like 15 years, like people are focusing on like interpersonal like experiences versus like, you know, everything we could do is digitally. It's, it's fun to still have people around a table playing a game. Yeah. And, uh, I know that there are a lot of these franchises that seem to have, like there's, isn't there a game that's, uh, based on a thing as well. That's very uh, similar. And that, Outpost 31. I need to own this. Um, it looks, it looks a lot more involved and cool. Um, I don't have it, but I want to have it because I want to play as an imposter and just lie to everybody the entire time. You know, because that's the whole thing, right? I like mean, it, to be fair, you don't. You could just do that anyway. Well, that's <laughs> it's true, you know. But no, like I know, but like that one's a little bit more involved. Uh, this one isn't, but it's like it's kind of like that mid tier type of like, oh, if you want to dip your toes in something a little more complicated, like it's yeah. it's fun. It's because everybody has to work together. Like so, there's even an added difficulty level you could include or not, which is um. The, not only do the the alien, there is ash that you could put on the board as well and have him move around and kind of screw up things. So you could either actively choose to remove him or not, which would you know complicate things. Because spoiler, ash you don't you you don't trust him. <laughs> yeah, no, ash is is not the good kind of ash. He's uh, one of the few. Yeah, uh, you I'm know, evil ash. ash. I'm goody two shoes ash or whatever. <laughs> right? So. 
Uh, no, it was fun. It was a lot of fun, and just having everybody kind of work together, and then we all played our like our separate characters, um, and they all have like their own, um, like their own, uh, like like the things they can do, like in terms of their actions that they can do. Um, like, so everybody had to kind of work together. Uh, so that was fun. The only thing is that like, um, the figures that were put on the board, like they're all, um, like they're all these little tiny, like just really good. Like, um, they look really, really good. Like they're, they're small plastic figures, like resin figures. However, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was because this is how it is done or, the one batch we got Harry Dean Stanton's character, Brett was like, he was on his, like his little like um, anchor, but he was tipped backwards, like 45 degrees. Uh, So we started calling him Harry lean Stanton the entire time. Um, (laughs) And that made it way better. (laughs) Like, cause he was leaning away from everything. It's like, Oh, he doesn't want to get involved. Look at him. He's out the door. <laughs> like Harry lean stand, which is the dumbest joke ever, but I loved it. Oh no, I, uh, this is really stupid, but, uh, Oh, back in the day, uh, I had a, I think I still have it actually somewhere. A justice league version of monopoly. And, uh, the spaces were named after, and oddly enough, it wasn't, it wasn't locations. It was like abilities. I'm like, you have like, you know, you can have, you know, Gotham and Metropolis and Coast City and all these other places that you can actually use in the game. But you you choose superpowers as like the, you know, places that you're going around on it. And one of them was Aquaman and it was super fast swimmer. And for whatever reason, we just started calling him uh, super fast David Schwimmer. <laughs> uh, so that might actually be way worse than Harry Lean Stanton. No, no, so. it's it's it, it, I like it. Um, I, 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 I don't here. Do I have an approval? Um, I know I don't have any, I don't hear here. Here's my approval. Here's my approval sound. It wasn't especially large, but it felt hard, extremely hard and right. There we go. So there we go. So I don't know. (laughs) I'll take it. Yeah. No. So, you know, the, the game was fun. Um, yeah, it's, we were terrible at it, but it's going to be one of those things that like over time, right. Once you learn the rule sets and what everything can do. Um, yeah, it was a good time. So anyway, so I, I thought tied into our main topic tonight. So, so yeah, um, uh, watched, uh, deep blood uh, as silly as it was. I watched, I've watched a bunch of jackass recently. Sure. Uh, and I played an alien game, so that's what I've been doing. Sounds like you're living your best life, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You yes yes let's get to some news. Good news, everyone. Oh wait, um, here that's not good news. Hooray! Hooray denied. All right, uh, hooray denied, Steve. Tell us why we're denying the hooray. So uh, via the rap. Uh, Netflix is scrapping the Bone animated series. Uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Bone, I was going to say Netflix as a joke, but I didn't go there. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Bone, uh, it's a independent comic that was created in the early 90s by uh, Jeff Smith, who ironically, I don't know why I'm going to say ironically, he's actually from, I believe, the Columbus area in Ohio. Um, so another claim to fame for Ohio. But uh it, it was a huge book back in the 90s, and it, it's uh, 
beautifully drawn. It's uh, about the Bone family. It's these three characters who they kind of look like Bone, uh, I, although they're not supposed to be hard or you know bony, but they they're like basically like almost like white marshmallow color, if you will. Well, yeah, but they're, um, they're kind of like Smurf adjacent. Yeah. Not, like okay, is that is that fair? That, that's probably the best uh, okay. analogy. Yeah, Smurf adjacent. Except instead of being blue, they're white. Um, and the series has a, a, a real uh, fantasy uh, I'd say it's it's maybe not quite young adult, but it, it teeters between like young adult fantasy and um, you know whatever you would call you know uh, acceptable for all ages material. but it's a, it's a really well done series. It, it ran for I think fourteen years. Uh, the work in, is beautiful. If you looked at the drawings of Bone, um, you could see like this. This is an anim- This is a, a I was going to say an animated, but it's a, a comic book that looks like it's done in a animated style. Like this could translate to animation very easily. It's it's almost like you could probably just take the panels from the comics and, and use them as the storyboards uh that's how well done they are and how well the design is done is is, it's very much if you look at how the characters are designed they'd fit right into any sort of classically classic say disney or warner brothers animated style okay um but the reason i think that this is this is interesting is is that uh you know, Netflix obviously, and we could talk about this as well, has run into some problems. They've lost subscribers, their stocks have gone down. Um, however, in in light of this, you know, there's always the talk of the streaming wars, and everybody's trying to get their piece of whatever the next big hit would be. And I'm kind of surprised that we haven't seen Bone already adapted. I feel like it's been on the back burner for a lot of years. Uh, it's just surprising to me. And again, I don't, you know, I, I don't work in programming or for Netflix or any sort of, you know, creative entity that, you know, puts out high profile projects. But this would, it, looking at this, if somebody brought this to me and was like, we want to make this an animated series, I'd be like, this is going to be huge. This, this is way smart. Like, let's do this right now. Uh, that's how surprised I am that this isn't happening. And it, it's, it's just shocking where, you know, you have all the streaming services looking to develop their own properties and to have their own quote unquote universes, if you will. Uh, so much so that, you know, DC and, and uh, HBO are creating shows like Peacemaker. You know, 10 years ago, you weren't getting something like Peacemaker. You just weren't. Um, you know, with Marvel, you weren't getting, or Disney, I guess, at this point, you weren't going to get a show based on Hawkeye. You know, that. <laughs> That wasn't around. That idea wasn't around ten years ago. So it's it's surprising to me when everybody's scrambling for original content and for something that could easily be a hit if done right. I just I, I'm surprised to see this because this is just you know I don't know if this is a, a casualty of, of what's been going on in, at the company and also uh, in the article they they mentioned that there's a uh, roll dowel. Uh, show that was or an adaptation that was supposed to be uh, coming out as w- or being worked on called the Twits, and that has been sidelined to be retooled. So I just I don't know. It's kind of surprising. I think 
particularly too, if you're, you know, trying to market and you want to have something that's kid friendly and adult friendly, you couldn't go wrong with something like bone. So, um, I don't know. I, it's not like, it's not like, Oh, it's earth shattering news or anything like that. But I just, I, I find it surprising, particularly when you have, you know, Amazon carving up stuff like carving up uh, Amazon gobbling up stuff like, you know, the boys and invincible, like they're focusing on independent properties that they can get and produce on their own that are proving to be just as popular as the Marvel and DC stuff, or maybe not as popular, but pretty good numbers wise. So I don't know. How do you feel about this? I mean, I think animation by itself can stand on its own. So like, you know, you, if you're approaching a property and it's like, you know, like it's animated. So the budget's going to be different, right? It's, I mean, I don't know what the budgets are for this, but I think that especially with Netflix, like leaning into like, they, they do a lot of like anime kind of adaptations, like not adaptations, is not the right word. They've been leaning into the anime side of things. So they're, they're leaning into the animation. I think also like there was that property. I think they just released a new series of um, Pacific Rim, the black, which is like the second series from like the animated Pacific Rim universe, which I still need to watch the first one because I love Pacific Rim. Uh, but it just feels weird to me that they were trying to be like the animation like location, right? That, that, that rhymes, but you know, like they're trying to find like their different niche, right? Cause that we, um, Oh, um, I know we like that Joe and I covered uh, Castlevania many, many moons ago, right? And we, we talked about that. And the, like, I know there's two, two seasons of that still that I need to get to. But like Love, Death, and Robots, which I know season three was announced recently. Like, I, I thought they found their niche. And this feels like this is that thing, right? And then also, like, um, there's that Arcane series that just came out like a couple months ago that is based upon uh, League of Legends that has like gotten rave reviews. I thought maybe this was going to kind of be like their way in to be like, Oh yeah, we still have original content, but nobody's doing animation like we're doing. So it does feel Mm -hmm. odd to me. Yeah. And again, like I said, I don't know if this is fallout from, you know, their recent, uh, you know, subscriber loss and their stocks going down, which, uh, Kathy likes to play the market and by play the market. I mean, she spends like, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks a year on trying to buy stocks or something like that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, she's like, maybe I should buy some Netflix stock because I don't think that's going to go down, go back. Or I, she's like, I don't think Netflix will go away. I'm like, yeah, but there's always a possibility that it just never goes up. Like she had bought uh, movie pass stock when it was like, I don't know, a penny a, a share or something ridiculous. She's like, it can only go up. I'm like, maybe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. i like i said i don't know enough about the market or you know how these decisions were made it's just it's a surprising one to me especially you know in the age of trying to get to having your own you know original content that's not going to be either taken away by another studio because I, I feel like you know as more companies are starting their own streaming services we're seeing less and less cooperation you know, and I could be wrong. Maybe there's still cooperation, but I don't feel like Netflix has got as much. And I guess it's not such a bad thing since they are creating their own original content more and more. But I, I don't feel like their selection of films is quite what it was in the no, past. You're right. And like everybody's like, like the people that originally were giving like their libraries over of doing their own thing now. So this bubble is going to pop. Right. And I think Netflix, because they were so successful early on, you 
I don't know if you can sustain that, right? Because in terms of like um, like the the content bubble, right? But I do also think that I don't know how much they um, they worked to keep securing that bubble. Like um, I know, like I, I I'm still subbed in, you know that that like it's it's Netflix, right? It almost feels like it's like all right, uh, like you know, uh, death and taxes and Netflix at this point, right? Um, for me anyway, it's like so I'm still subbed in. Um, I'll still check out whatever's going on, but it used to be the location and now it's not unless there's the destination to go check out what's going on. I think they lost control of that a little bit, but I also think that they lost control of it because other, other names came in throwing a ton of money to kind of like stake their claim. This can't, this can't exist forever, right? Like I just can't like system, like there's going to be streaming services that are, they're going to eventually collapse. Right. Like, I mean, but like now we have Disney plus, um, like they're do, like, they keep gobbling up everything. Paramount plus keeps getting bigger and bigger as well. Um, and you know, Amazon is Amazon prime is, you know, prime, right. It's like, like, you know, unless you're like a niche service, like shutter, I don't know how you find your way through all of this right now. I agree. I, I, again, I guess, you know, this might be why we're not in television or movies, but, uh, you know, it's easy to, to Monday, Monday morning quarterback, a lot of this stuff. And, uh, but still it just, uh, I don't know. I guess maybe at some point it's all going to just end up eating its own tail. And I, people would probably already argue that it already has. I would agree with that. My point is that Netflix, Hey, you're losing people. Maybe, um, I don't know make a uh, glow season four and finish that. I'd be happy. Please. And thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. There's value. Like there's value in finishing a series because then you can be like, here's the complete thing. Cause I know like Ozark is about the finish, which I've never seen that, but people are excited for it. Right. That's a Netflix original. There's a couple other, like, like stranger things. Season four is coming soon. Like, you know, that's going to bring people back. Right. But if you have a, col- a collective series, cause there's the binge, right. There's that whole notion of like, you can watch all of this that I think that like, like Netflix and other people they have like other people, like people and streaming services are people, everybody. I don't know if you know that or not. Um, you know, Mr. Hulu, you know, but, um, no, but my point is like, if you can do a complete series, that's also a feather in your cap to be like, Oh, we have all of this, you know, like, what was it there? there there's the ongoing, what was, what's Netflix big things, big thing, right? Like, um, stranger things, Bridgerton, um, the crown, like what, what else is their bigger, their bigger draws right now? Like you, you better like complete some series to bring people in. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I didn't mean to make it sound like I was opposed to a fourth season of glow because I was very, oh, no, no, not at all. No. Cause glow didn't get its fourth season. Uh, and I'm I angry just, you and know, I'm still spending my money. So who am I anyway? Yeah. I, I do feel like some people, you know, unless it gets that water cool effect, water, water, cool, water cooler effect. <laughs> Amanda Waller effect. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah, where people are, you know, immediately talking about a show. I don't think that they, although I'm going to argue with myself because I'll say as well, the point that I was going to make is, is that I don't know that a lot of shows get picked up beyond their first season uh, and are, don't get the room to grow. But the reverse of that is, is there are plenty of times where I'm like, how is this on season like four? Yeah. So, well, look at Cowboy Bebop. Like, people were excited for that. That it got just immediately canceled by Netflix. It's like, I don't know. Maybe give it a chance because people, you know, give it a second to kind of marinate. 
you know? And that was a yeah. big, it was, I, I, like, again, look at us. Like we're talking, like, like it, we're talking among Titans, having a money fight. I get it. Like, you know, but I didn't watch Cowboy Bebop. Not, I'm, I'm not target market. That's fine. But people were excited and people were kind of lukewarm, but like, that's why you try a second season to see if you can get maybe like eyes on it. Right. Cause it's this. Yeah. I don't know. This, this is very confusing to me. <laughs> I mean, I think that's, that's I think that's a fair funny. statement, right? It's very confusing, right? Like, like it's just one of those things. I just think like, we should yeah. end every new segment with this is just very confusing. <laughs> no, but like, am I wrong? Like, I, I don't think I'm like, it, it's like, how do, how do some things get like uh, additional support and other things don't, right? I don't, I don't understand that at all. Um, but again, we're not behind the scenes, but I think that like something like bone, uh, which is an established property on its own, right? Like, like look at disenchantment. Like I've liked, I've liked disenchantment. We talked about it here on the show. Um, I've not caught the most recent season cause I'm a bad fan, but it's like, it takes a little bit to kind of like make you care about everything. Right. I know Matt Groening is like an yeah. established like animation guy, but like, I think like we, we like them that you've read bone. I know they're not the same property, but I, I, they're not that far away, right? In terms of like the high fantasy concept. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Disenchanted is much more of a uh, uh, sarcastic or not sarcastic satire. Yeah, it's comedic uh, than yeah. Bone, but still, it's still fantasy. Yes. So yeah, I, I think it, it is frustrating, and we'll see what happens from the fallout from Netflix. Like, you, have you seen the 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 the, um, the the Principal Skinner meme of like, oh, maybe I should change my actions? It's like, no, it is the viewers sharing passwords that are causing the problem. <laughs> you know, I did see. That. Yeah, it's it, yeah. So that's that's where we're at with that. So um, yeah, did you have anything else about about that story before I get into the the weird stuff I'm about to bring to you? No, no, I okay. just you know. I'm surprising that we're, I'm actually with the popularity of comic book films for the last 20 years. And the fact that, you know, there's only so many properties that are currently owned, uh, that are known and out there. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that they're not, they're not bringing more of this type of stuff out. It, it's just surprising that it's being shelved. Well, that, I agree with that. Yeah. So here's a headline I'm going to read to you. So here, here, this is, um, it's a video game story. The, the name of the game is called Elden Ring, which you may have seen on social media. I know you're not a big video game guy. Um, I went to high school with an Elden Ring. Elden Ring, right. So, all right. Well, yeah. this is going to make less sense to you when I read the sentence out loud. Here's the headline. Elden Ring's secret underwear is being used by trolls to get players banned. So, let me explain this. Uh, so, the game Elden Ring just came out a couple weeks ago. It's, it's, it's a... This is also confusing. It's from a studio called from software. So bear with me. Um, it is the, the, it's a, the, the game's like this. It is setting the world on fire in terms of how amazing it is. It's this big open world game. It's like, uh, you can, it's a single player. You can go do all this stuff. And it's like all these like secrets are being discovered. The whole community is like trying to figure things out. Right. So, um, since it's single player, however, there is a component of this where, um, and I, I, I've not played this, um, but there are times where you can, um, kind of make it available to other players. Like you can kind of dip into their game and like leave equipment or messages like as in like tips and tricks or here's a cool sword or whatever. Right. Like it's kind of like the, everybody's on their own journey, but you can assist others is kind of the idea. Here's where it gets weird. 
So there is a um, there is a, an uh, item called the Deathbed Smalls, which is a piece of like scantily clad underwear that one of the female NPCs is wearing that was in the game, but like the code, the way it was written, uh, people couldn't actually get it and equip it because from software is like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have scantily clad panties as an item good on them. But they kind of like, they left it kind of in the game. Hackers have found a way to get it, which breaks the terms and like, you know, conditions of the game, which gets them. It's called a soft ban. Meaning if from software has caught you hacking, they will just put you on a server that's with you and other hackers. So it's like, good luck, idiots go be idiots together. Right? Like, it's kind of like you can't, it's like you can play the game, but you, you can't really experience it like other people because you have been trying to break it. Right? So secret panties. So follow me that far. So you understand secret panties. Don't get them. Revenge of the nerd shit going on here. Don't get the secret panties. So you follow me so far? Sure. sure. No, but okay. But <laughs> so anyway, so what has been going on is that these trolls have been grabbing these panties that you shouldn't get because you've been hacking to get them and like leaving them as an item to pick up on other people's games. So people walk along like, what's this? They pick it up. And then from software is like, Hey, you're banned. <laughs> Like, so, so what they've been doing is they've been tricking people to be like, Hey, look at this item. They're like, what is this? They're like, Oh yeah, you're banned for six months. Good luck playing with all the hackers. And so trolls have been dipping into other people's games is leaving, um, ill begotten panties just to mess with everybody. Okay. Does, did, so did I explain weird. that correctly? I, did you understand what I'm saying? It's no, like, it's like, yeah, okay. I, I, I did. It's just that I feel like such an old man, like. <laughs> No, I, you don't, I, I no, don't, you don't know. Have to, like, how old do you have to be to be like, don't pick up those panties? Like, don't, no, don't do it. Just don't yes, do it. but the, the things that you were talking about in the sense of like, oh, you know, hacking into the game and, and players leaving them for other players and then those players finding the panties and then being banned <laughs> for hacking the system, like, all of that, like, I, I was really struggling to follow along. That's why when I when you asked me, I was like, sure, I get what this is. This is that newfangled video game technology the kids have been telling me about. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, you know, it's, it's terrible on the level of, yes, you know, all around just terrible. But <laughs> trying to follow the lo- logistics of it, I was like. No, but do you understand the trolling nature of like, oh, this is the item we shouldn't have. We're just going to leave it for somebody to stumble across. Like there's a Reddit post that that I saw here. It was like after 220 hours, meaning they spent 220 hours playing this game, which good on you. They're like, I picked up some underwear and it's all over. (laughs) 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 Oh, so people are like, they're submitting like, you know, like customer service tickets to like, you know, from software. But yeah, it's... (laughs) It's one of those things. It's like give give people the ability to work together, and someone's going to find a way to screw everybody up. You know, that's like <laughs> if it's somebody who's not doing their fair share on a group project, they're just leaving behind their panties for others to pick up. Yeah, I just it's kind of one of those things. It's like there's there's been plenty of ways for other people to grief others in video games, and this is just the newest one. It's like it was one of those things. It's like it wasn't intended to ever be a thing, but. But the fact that the way that the system automatically, like, you know, notices, like, oh, you picked up the forbidden panties, banned. You know, like, it's, just, it's, <laughs> it's terrible, but it's kind of funny. So, 
I just wanted to bring that to you. Um, like there's a whole nother thing, um, with uh, world of Warcraft, like 10, 15 years ago, probably closer to 15 years ago where somebody figured out how to bring a plague into the world and it just destroyed servers because it was not intended. And the CDC commissioned a study about how plagues spread and how people react. Good thing that never played out in the real world. So, so yeah, there's a whole thing. Yeah. And they did a whole big study. It was like the blood plague about how, um, how that happened. And they're like, Oh, it's, it's real world information. The CDC commissioned a study. It's like, and most people were like, you know, um, they just spread out and didn't want to help each other. It's like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. But anyway, I just, I just give somebody the way, like open a crack and somebody will find a way to troll people. So I thought you'd appreciate forbidden panties. So I thought you'd appreciate that story. Well, wasn't wasn't that CDC study that you're just telling me about? Wasn't that kind of the inspiration? I think you said for the Blood Ocean storyline yes. in and, the first and, season of Mythic Quest. Yeah, exactly. That was like when they're like, "Oh shit!" It went, out, it got out to everybody. It's like, yeah, that was the whole blood plague, the Hakar blood curse, whatever it was called in World of Warcraft. Yeah, yeah, they used that directly in uh, Mythic Quest. It was the same thing. So you're right. Like, like the images of everybody like um, shitting themselves and vomiting in the game. <laughs> It's not the same, but the way it started was somebody, there was a hunter and like they had a pet and like the way it works in the game was like, you could take a pet and like summon them and then not some, like you'd like de-summon them. So they just disappear, but they kind of stay with like, with, with your inventory. So yeah. somebody made sure their pet got infected with this thing during like a boss fight that was supposed to be isolated. And then they brought their pet and brought it into an open area, like an auction house. That's like the social area and was like, oh, my pet's here. You're all dead now. <laughs> so that just kicked off this plague bomb that happened in the game. Right. So that yeah. sounds very appropriate for yeah. us talking about alien as well. Yeah. Or, you know, um, you know, uh, bats and uh, wet markets or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, like it just, uh, but yeah, that's kind of how it happened in World of Warcraft. But yeah, the whole idea, it's like, oh, I found a way to troll everybody. Yeah, there you go. How about that? <laughs> you know, oh yeah. Uh, infected pet or or ill-begotten panties, you know. There we go. So, um, I thought you'd appreciate that story. I hope I hope From Software patches in a um, you know an update so that if people accidentally pick up panties, that they won't be punished. You know, like because I don't know when I'm playing a video game, I'm like item, item, item. I just like I just go through and grab stuff, and I'm like, and then I look at it later, I'm like, I'm not gonna be like, oh, should I pick that up? Oh no, like you know, like. You just kind of run through it. It's, it's kind of like muscle memory. It's like, I got to grab all the items to see what I got throw it away, sell it or whatever, equip it. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're trolling people. It's, it's funny, but it's not. So I hope that, yeah. uh, from software fixes it. So, uh, I thought you'd appreciate that story of, um, it's, it's the tale of the ill begotten panties submitted for the <laughs> approval of the midnight society. Um, so, all right. So last story I have here for you is here's the headline. And I think the headline, the headline, I'll explain more in a second. The headline implies something. British Abbey seeks 1,897 vampires to break world record. So I always try to find secret stories and weird news. I always go to this thing called UPI.com and I look through all the stories and I bring a lot to Steve. A lot of it's like world record stuff. And it's just, it's stupid as shit. I, I like a lot of it's just dumb, but this one here, here's go further here. A British nonprofit that maintains culturally significant, culturally significant sites in England announced it's seeking, uh, uh, 1,897 people to don vampire costumes in celebration of Dracula's anniversary. Um, so let me go further into this. 
English Heritage, which manages more than 400 cultural sites in the, uh, the country, said it wants to break the Guinness World Record for gathering people dressed as vampires um, at uh, Whitby Abbey, um, which is where that served as the Bram Stoker's uh, inspiration for Dracula. Um, two things. One, that's a trap. That's my first thing is like people that are vampires don't show up to an abbey. Like they're, you know, you're going to a church. They're going to get you. You know, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but then two, the current record stands at 1,339 set in Virginia in 2011. They don't say if it's a hot topic or not, but you, we have to apply that. We have to assume it's a hot topic. So anyway, Okay. Well, I have to say, you know, as I was listening to this is the type of thing I'd be like, yeah, I'd never do that. But for whatever reason, this I was like, yeah, I'd probably do that. Like, I, I, I don't know. You know, I, I say it now and then I'd be the day would get here and I'd be like, oh, I don't have a cape. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, well, no, like, no. I don't have a going out cape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have my around the house cape. That could double as a rib bib. That's like, <laughs> I have my red lobster cape. <laughs> but usually when I hear about these types of gatherings and things, I'm like, yeah, whatever. But for whatever reason, this is like, yeah, I might do that. And, and it's not like, oh, Dracula is like my favorite universal monster. Or I realize, yes, the Bram Stoker version. Uh or, you know, that he created it. I, obviously, it's not like, oh, that's my favorite book or something. But. I, for whatever reason, I'm like, yeah, I, I could, I, I do have, you know, a fondness for Lugosi. So maybe that's part of it, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't know why, but I'd probably do that. But I, it's a trap though for vampires. It's a vampire trap. That's what I'm saying. Well, it's like, okay. I'm not really a vampire. Well, you know, okay, unless Blade shows up and starts staking people and then it gets to me and he just hits me and I fall over. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it, you've not it, seen the Blade films. That's correct. Yeah, yeah so, I, I know, I know. But it, in like, the Blade films, when he stakes vampires, they kind of explode. So, okay, well, that's fair. Uh, and turn into ash. But like so, the stake goes between like you know your peck and your armpit, and you're like, oh no, I got staked. Yeah. These fall over. Like Paul Rubens from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. you know, no. So um, what they're saying here is that uh, for Guinness World Records to acknowledge this, which they're. I just, again, if you, if you want to go and go look at upi.com with all like the, all their odd news is like a bunch of weird, like it's fun stuff. But then a lot of it's like Guinness world records. Like it's like somebody stacks seven M&Ms on top of each other. I'm like, well, congratulations. You've, you've not won life. But anyway, that's literally something that like that happened a couple days ago. Uh, it said man stacks seven M&Ms into a tower for Guinness world record versus what? That's like six. Four? I don't know where that, that, that record is for that. Anyway, um, so they, they said to be a vampire, you have to dress a vampire garb. So uh, black pants or skirts, black shoes, waistcoats, black capes, or collared overcoats, and a set of artificial fangs. That's what it takes to be a vampire. Well, I can get all of those things. Yeah. I just think that we need to dress as human bartender uh, Jackie Daytona, and I think that'd be perfectly acceptable to go do that. Or I would just throw glitter on myself, and I'd be Fat Edward. <laughs> oh, all right, real quick, uh, real quick before we round out the news. So, 
I've done this thing the past couple of years. I just, so my wife, uh, she grew up in a household that was half Catholic, half Jewish. So they didn't really ever celebrate Easter. Cause there's probably a lot of guilt associated with that. Um, so, um, since we've been together, um, I, like, I, I am like, I am an atheist, but I was raised like, you know, in like the, the, like the Christian household or whatever. So whatever. So we do, we used to do Easter egg hunts. So I make it a point I'm in my forties and she's like, you know, in her late thirties, I'm like, you know, what should adults do? Hide eggs around the house. Um, so I, um, make, I get a bunch of plastic eggs and just put candy in them and hide it all over. And then when she catches them all, catches them all like Pokemon, she gets, she gets a toy. Like that's the whole thing. You find all the eggs, you get your Easter basket. Right. So this year I was trying to like walk around to find like these interesting eggs. And I found ones that were glitter covered. Um, they're a goddamn mess, um, to <laughs> put candy in. So I was in my car cause it was like on Sunday. Right. And I was like, I'm going to fill these up with candy before I get home and I can hide them, which, you know, <laughs> since our house is torn apart right now, because of the, like, everything that's been going on. I've talked about that previously. It's really hard to hide eggs right now the downstairs, but, <laughs> but if my car looks like a prostitute exploded, cause there's so much glitter all over my passenger seat. It's like, it looks like I murdered like, you know, like a prostitute or I don't know, a disco clown. I don't know what I murdered, but it's in my, it's in my passenger seat. And it's like, it's just, I just have a bunch of glitter all over the place. Cause I was trying to open these little plastic eggs and put candy in them. So yeah, there you go. Um, I guess my, I guess I'm a shitty vampire because of all the glitter I had all over myself on Sunday, trying to fill eggs with candy. <laughs> well, you're a shitty vampire, sir, but you, it does sound like you're living your best life. Sure. But I also made like, um, like a six or seven pound ham. I think it, like, it's a decent sized ham. I put that in the crock pot. Damn. It was amazing. Like it, it burst open. Like it was uh, a meteor that Jordy Varel looked at. Like it was, uh, you know, some meteor shit. It was, it was tasty. So there sounds delicious. It was wonderful. And we ate ham for multiple days. So it provided. Um, but yeah, so there we go. Um, yeah, just like the idea. It's like, we're going to we, like this Abby's like, Hey, you should bring a bunch of vampires over. It's like, don't go to church as a vampire. Don't do it. I think that's, um, that's a trap. It's a trap. Right. So, um, all right. That, that's our news. So, uh, uh, bone no more. Um, don't pick up underwear and don't go to a church as a, as a vampire. I got nothing. I think that's where we're at. Right. Yes, I, I think we're at a good solid point to end the show. Oh wait, no, we've got we've got way more to go. So And now for our feature presentation. So tonight's feature presentation is Memory, the Origins of Alien. This is a 2019 documentary all about the making I don't even know if I can say it's the making of alien. It's, it's more nope. about it's not the about ideas the make- that went in. Yeah. It's part, it's part, partly um, like documentary about making of the film and then partly something else. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Film theory. Um, sure. Okay. So <laughs> it, it's not a straight on, you know, making of documentary. It's, it's not also just a think piece about the film itself. So it, it, it plays on a couple of different levels, I guess, or maybe not plays on, but as it's focus might be a little divided in some ways. We'll put it that way, I guess. Uh, however, the reason for, uh, this is because 
uh, I say it like the reason for this documentary. No, the reason for us talking about it tonight is is four twenty six is coming up. Uh, today is we're recording on four twenty one, so it's about five days away from us. Um, I had not seen this documentary, and I thought, okay, well, we we've talked about aliens. We didn't do a whole episode about it. It's come up quite a bit because it's one of your favorite films. Mm-hmm. We saw it at the Capitol at a midnight screening. Um, we talked about it quite a bit because I loved the trailer for it when we did our trailer show. Um, I thought, oh, you know what? This would be be an interesting talk for the show because I don't know really, you know, as interesting as to talk about the documentary, I'm interesting talk extensively about aliens. I don't know that I've ever really heard you, and I'm going to back this up. I've also heard you talk extensively about Alien 3, but I don't know that I've ever really heard you talk about Alien and its place in your fandom. Uh, I guess, quote unquote, your memory of it. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, I was thinking, I was like, well, I haven't seen Alien. Is it Resurrection? Is that the fourth one? Yes. I haven't seen it since the theater. And for a brief second, I was like, you know what? Let's talk about that. And then I saw this documentary was available to watch on streaming. I, I saw it on, on Tubi. Uh, and you'd pointed out that it was on Shutter, which I could watch without commercials. Uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, uh, let's absolutely do this. So I, I am curious to, uh, you know, talk about the documentary itself. But I, I kind of want you know, to start off tonight. I want to ask you, like, where does Alien fall in your, you know, you don't have to say, you know, your top 10 or whatever. But like as a film for you personally, you know, as much as you love Aliens, where does this one fall? And, you know, um do you do you feel that aliens? No, that's too big of a question. I'll I'll leave it at that. Let's just talk about Alien. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your history with Alien. No, I like I I love Alien. I think like like I think um it, to to boil it down, I, when people refer to this as the haunted house versus the roller coaster of Aliens, uh, I think that's fair. Uh, I think it's a I think that, that those I mean it's it, again it's simplifying but I I think aliens I mean, we wouldn't have aliens without alien like we wouldn't have like that like close quarters fear like you know like that you know that's like that works like I I think that works really really well um so I do like this movie a great deal it's just that my personal preference happens to be for you know aliens that not that this isn't like this its own like like wonderful film that is in like it's it's not my top 10 not because it's not a great movie it's just it's just you know it's just one of those things that like i have my own preference and that's not me trying to be dismissive of the film it's just that of of the like the four i'm just going to put the four films that we got of the, the series um you know like the sequel is my favorite that doesn't mean that this isn't like it's foundational, right? So like I can, I can understand and appreciate and I really, really do, you know? So I, I don't know if that answers the question or not. It, it does. And I, I, po- I kind of set you up for failure there. Cause I poised it as against like, well, and I was trying to get to just the fact that, you know, I've, I've heard you talk about aliens. We've never really discussed alien proper. And that's yeah. really how I should have focused it. Well, I, let, let me take, I didn't mean to put I, you in a position of no, like, you didn't. well, tell me why you like aliens better. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not that, you know. So just to remind you, I did, I did, I was looking here while, while we were re- like talking about this. Episode 151 
Um, uh, we did Year of the Knockoff, Shocking Dark, which we, second time we've mentioned this tonight. Uh, we did that talking about compare because that was supposed to be called what was it Terminator Two or something I forget, but uh, it was mm-hmm. Italian, and we talked about that versus Aliens. So we did talk about Aliens at that point a great deal because we were comparing the two because that's back when we thought that we could talk about two movies in an episode. Silly us, um, but. Yeah, I just want to point that out. But in terms of Alien, no, this film, it, it, it's, you know, like, it, it's it's damn near perfect. And I'm not going to ever fault that. It's just that, again, like, I could, like, it, it, this sounds like I'm, it's a backhand compliment. And I'm not, I don't mean that whatsoever. I, I adore Alien. It's just, Aliens is, like, my favorite. You know? Mm-hmm. So I, it's just, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't, I, I, that's a short answer to your question, but like, I'm not going to sandbag alien because I love aliens what? more, you know, it's like, it's, but it's like, it's like, you know, like aliens is like damn near perfect, but aliens for me is like damn near perfect, but it is perfect. You know, like, I don't know, you know, like, but you couldn't have that. You couldn't have that escalation without the first film. Right. And I, I do apologize. I feel like I set you up for failure with that question. You and your goddamn not, gotcha questions. It yeah. doesn't matter. I can't see Russia from my own house. How dare you? No, like whatever. Anyway. Gotcha journalism. No, <laughs> yeah. I, I just. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Rack them up. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Take them away, toys. <laughs> um, no, no. Your question is valid, right? It's like. um. I'm trying to think, and this is this is not where we we're going to go with this. Where, like, I I know we just talked about Halloween, you know, a couple episodes ago, the original Halloween, and that you that that's like one of your favorite films of all time. But it is very very good, and we talked all about that. But like, there's other films in the franchise that you like a great deal too, and it's kind of the inverse, right? Where it's like I like this one a great deal. However, it's not this. Does that kind of satisfy the question? Yeah, and I mean, honestly, it, it's it's sort of. You know, one of the rare occasions where the sequel is as beloved or sometimes in a lot of a lot of cases, yours included and probably mine included as well. You know, Aliens is the one the sequel is the one that you love more than the original doesn't mean that you dislike the original or have any fault with it. Like, for instance, I always talk about The Empire Strikes Back not only being, you know, the best sequel in the series, but also being my all time favorite film. Well, you don't get that without Star Wars. That's so, fair. Like, no, I, I think that's a valid a love yeah, and foundation yeah. there for Star Wars. I'm never going to I'm never going to down talk, you know, the original Star Wars just because, you know, to raise Empire. It's just it happens to be one of those rare occasions where a sequel outshines its its predecessor or originator well, or at least so. to put you in the, the like the conversation right like um yeah like i'll, I'll like this is I mean, this is not where i want to go as well but like i it took me a couple years ago to finally watch the godfather for the first time great mm. movie like i mean i understand why people talk about it i'm not I'm like you know what that godfather film was okay no it was really really good i've not seen the second one and everyone's like that's the one you should see so it makes you know like there there's this discussion right so in terms of alien uh, or any, like any time that you, like you have the original and it's like, you have to start somewhere. And this is such a, mm-hmm. uni- like, I don't, I mean, it's not unique, but it's such a, um, a focused and collaborative take on this idea that was unique for the time, um, that I think is worthy of discussion. And I think it's worthy of introspection, especially going forward for like, you know, what 40 years removed from this film, 
Um, and I, you know, it's worthy of documentaries and I know it's worthy of like, I know there's been, uh, plenty of, like, plenty of people that have examined this film and uh, we wouldn't have uh, alien day without alien. Right. So, and I'm also, um, going to let people know that I have, uh, two shot glasses that are, uh, eggs from, uh, they're from Mondo, right? I think they're from Mondo, but they had like the bigger, like ones that were like, like tiki mug sized ones. I have shot glasses that are eggs right now that are open and, um, I'm going to do a shot right now, Steve, while you keep talking to start talking about stuff, go talk, talk, talk. Shot, 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 shot. Egg, 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 egg. All egg. right, so I, I'll talk a little bit about my experience with aliens. I, or uh, aliens all right, continue. Today, uh, I, uh, all right, continue. Uh. <laughs> I honestly, I don't remember which one I saw first. I, I Okay, so I'm going to take a step back. I have a memory of Alien being in the theater, and I remember not being able to see it. Um well, my, you're really small. You couldn't uh, fit in the chair. Like I get it. You're a tiny guy at the time, right? Like you're smaller. <laughs> to be fair, I've never been tiny. Sadly, um, <laughs> it's like but, uh, all the weights of his head. I'm so sorry for the. Oh, <laughs> <for his laughs> right? well, that's a nine pound baby and three pound torso. I know that. Uh, ma'am your your baby's nine pounds three pounds of that is in his ass i don't know what's going on (laughs) but the other six Uh, are in the cranium i'm so sorry (laughs) (laughs) i I feel bad i never met your mom i feel bad that i'm making jokes about your birth without ever meeting your mother i apologize i that's fine it's not like you know (laughs) i'm here it's not like you're you know Making was, fun of me behind my back. It wasn't but. like you're like, how dare you? She perished that day. <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry, so you had a point, and I'm being an idiot. Continue, please. Oh, well, I don't know that I had a point, but what I was saying was, is that you know, my experience with it was, uh, I I didn't remember. I I I honestly feel like I saw Aliens first on like HBO. I could be wrong about that, but Alien. I remember we were being taken to the theater uh, by like. Uh, my one friend's parents, and I, I feel like there was three of us. It was me uh, and two other kids, and they were taking us to see, I think, 101 Dalmatians. I feel like that was re-released, and we were being taken to see that. But her dad split off from us. It was like her mom and then the three kids, and then her dad, who was with us, went to go see another movie. So I, I remember asking, like, what what is he going to see? And then the kid who I was with is like, oh, my dad's getting to see Alien. I was like, let's go with your dad. Like, I would have been five. Like, you know, uh, that would certainly not have been a good choice of uh, of any parent to uh, let their kid go see Alien in the theater. But I don't I don't have a, a, a firm memory of when I saw each, so I can't remember which one I saw before. I, I feel like I might have seen aliens and then I'm like, I need to go back and watch alien and discovering that it's, you know, it, I don't want to say apples and oranges, but it is two very different movies. Um, but what I, I do appreciate about alien is, is that it's, it's so different than anything else that was out at that time. Mm-hmm. I think also, you know, I talk a lot about how much I enjoy Star Wars. Uh, I also happen to like Star Trek, although I was schooled pretty hard at Cinema Wasteland uh, when I brought up a shirt that uh, 
friend of the show, Sam Ayal, was wearing, uh, and it was a Picard episode, and I did not, uh, I had no clue, memory of that episode, and I've seen every episode, and I'm like, I don't get that reference, and he's like, you're not a real fan, and I'm like, oh, but, uh, you know, Star Trek was, it was so weird, because you committed Sepulchre, Right there, and but somehow you're still alive talking. I don't know how that happened. You you committed ritual suicide in the hotel room, uh, and now you're still here. I don't know. I, good on you. Like, you've brought much shame but, to your household, but I appreciate it. You know. <laughs> Alien was sort of unlike anything else that I had seen in the sense that, you know, Star Wars was very, you know, lived in and dirty, which Alien has in spades, but also... It doesn't have the science fiction. I know that Star Wars is a label of science fiction. I think of it more as, as just being fantasy. Uh, but when it comes to Star Trek, you know that was at my time at that time was probably my only real barometer for, you know, televised or you know filmic versions of science fiction. And it was sort of weird that like this was kind of in between. It felt more like Star Trek but it looked more like Star Wars. And I know that there's probably a many an alien fan right now who are just screaming at me because I'm not comparing it to, you know, um, like the documentary, somebody brings up Altman films. I, I'm sorry, I'm not going that deep with it. So I do apologize. Uh, but that's really what I think my experience with it was, was is that, you know, I remember it just being unlike anything I'd ever seen. And I remember being convinced actually that I saw more of the alien than I actually did. Mm -hmm. Like if you watch this movie now, and I guess this is just me reviewing the movie. It's, it's shocking how little we see the alien. Well, considering like, throughout that, like, the entire movie, we didn't like, and, <laughs> like, and also during the documentary, they never, I, we'll, we'll talk about the positives, right? Cause I, I have, I have a bag full of grievances I'll bring later, but like in terms of the actual design, which we get into the aesthetic portion, but the physical portion of that suit there is a human skull in the dome of the xenomorph that you never see because the the cinematography is so dark on purpose. So not only don't you don't you see the alien much, you don't see what was originally intended. And I, I think it works. I think it works to its to its benefit, right? But I think what you're saying, I think that's correct because also it's like you know it shows some of the limitations of movement a little bit with the, with the character of the alien. Um, but you're right. It's one, it's like this mirrors back to our discussion about Halloween where the violence is so much more implied than shown. And I think that's the same thing here where it's like, mm -hmm. everybody be, remembers being scared of the alien, but like it didn't do as much as we thought it did, which shows that it worked. Yeah. I mean, and I don't want to be like, cause we just talked about Halloween. I don't want to be like, this is another slow burn, but this movie until like, I mean, it, it gets cooking once it gets going. Like, don't get me wrong, but like, it is it a slow is burn. A it's purposely so. It is up to the chestburst. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's it's a it's a blue collar like thing. You talked about the grit and everything. It's like and and about the the whole like seventies vibe of like the blue collar. Like, oh, they're the company sending us out, and we're gonna grouse the entire time. And, and like, oh, there's the promise of more money. Like that, that's all evident in this, which you could even pull a parallel between that and like dark star, which I know that the documentary mentions briefly, right? Cause Dan O'Bannon, you know, helped with dark star. We talked about that previously in our year, year of carpenter with dark star. And this is his thing. He can't like, he, you know, wrote this and there's some, you know, 
further discussion about that, which I think you bringing up this documentary, I think is also, it fits in perfectly with the year carpenter because I think there needs to be a little bit more acknowledgement about Abandon and his con- mm-hmm. contributions. But yeah, like I think his like workman, like their, their satire there and there's some of that here, but there's that blue collar. Like, like we, like I, Joe and I talked about event horizon last week, event horizon would not exist in the way we see it without alien. Um, because of the way, and Steve, when you see it, spoiler, you're going to see the inside of Lewis and Clark and how like, it is like gritty and like covered in kind of dirt because these guys are rescue workers. They're in and out. Like their workstations are fine, but it's not the cleanest ship and you would not get that aesthetic without alien. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so I, I I don't know my, my point, but it's like there, there's a lot here in terms of like the interaction and also like this weird, not weird, but like grounding and current day reality of like, we're just workers and we're being pointed in a direction and we hope we get paid that I think is very resonant with like the late seventies. Sure. Sure. I will remind you in the nineties, we did send uh, you know, um, oil riggers up into space to destroy a asteroid. So, you know, that, that idea never died. The documentary. I'm glad that worked space. out. So we're good. <laughs> versus the fantasy no, I, film you, deep I, impact I, yeah yeah <laughs> uh what what i think is is interesting about alien is is that and actually this is one of the things that came out of the documentary so maybe we can talk about this as well you know i yes i've always thought of this movie as sci-fi horror one of the things that came out of this documentary was and again, it's not like these are new concepts or ideas that I haven't heard before, but for whatever reason, it kind of clicked with me this time um, watching it where they are talking about this kind of this movie falls into. Yes, it's still sci-fi horror and yes, it's still a slow burn, but there are pieces of it that make it make up the whole of the film that aren't just strictly something that you can attribute to being like from a horror film or from you know, a science fiction film, you know, you, for instance, talking about the blue collar workers, you know, that was an idea that, you know, these guys are very much, you know, the, 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 the help on hand and they're not the, the science class guys. They're not your red shirts in star Trek, even though they kind of are, but they're, they're not, you know, you know, trained, like they're not part of some sort of group, uh, I'm not I'm not doing justice to that idea, so let me switch here. The the film itself is broken up into you know different sections as throughout the documentary, rightfully so. They kind of go through it chronologically, and then they also go into the film and they kind of it feels like it goes chronologically throughout the um the the runtime of the film in the sense of like story-wise that they're going through. But you know, there are comparisons like I've never really thought of this movie as being a body horror film. I've never really thought about it, you know, mm. and it's not like that's a new concept. I understand the idea of, you know, the uh, victimization that occurs, the, you know, quote unquote, I, quote, I don't want to say quote unquote, that's not the way I meant it to come out. The the rape of somebody like this, something being impregnated in them against their will. Uh, and what that does to your body, I, I it's there. I, I certainly understand that concept, but I've never really thought of this movie in that context. And the other thing that 
was discussed in this film, and I'll let you talk after my meandering, is that you know uh, the the one of the people in the documentary brings up the fact that the film plays very much like a Robert Altman film up until the big you know chestburster scene, and he's comparing you know a scene in Mash and how characters are you know sitting around a table having dinner. Um, and they're all kind of talking over each other, but you're not sure who you're supposed to be focusing on. And, um, and the way that sound plays, uh, not through just that scene, but throughout the whole film and, and, um, there being this sort of motion happening with the teetotalers. Uh, I, I don't know if that's what they're actually called, but the bird things that are on the table and how there's a sense of motion and sound, even when things aren't happening. Um, and it, it's, <laughs> The, the reason I, I find that fascinating is, is that like, this is a few, one of the few films that I guess I don't overanalyze. And maybe it's just because, you know, I don't do that as much with films that I grew up with or that I consider classics. I think about them a lot, but I don't tend to overanalyze them. Um, so I, I'd not really thought of the other pieces of what this film is and how it makes a great whole. Okay, so there's like 40 different concepts in there, Paul. Go. Oh, how dare you? How dare you, sir? No, um, so... No, like, no, I, I honestly thought Skype gave out. No, no. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening. I've been leaning back with my uh, my pipe, and I've just been like slowly smoking listening. No, um, uh, no, like... Good, good show, sir. Good show. No, um, no, like, I just think it's funny that you've, like, you're, like, I've all, I always feel like I throw a bunch of shit at you, and you're like, just respond. Now. <laughs> right now be good That's be good fair. podcast person do it good do good words you know no um no everything you're saying no so to get back like yeah it, the first half of this is a purposeful slow burn um i think it, it's a purposeful purposeful construction i think the overlap and dialogue it, it, it's uh, it's the whole thing to make you feel like you're part of everybody and also have you ever been in, like a room full of people talking like who do you focus on like that all makes sense to me right um and if there's been other films that have come before this to kind of give you that sense of stability. Cool. Like uh, credit to, um, you know, um, <laughs> Ridley Scott to kind of like peg that right. Like, and, and good on him to actually make that work. Um, and that, that's very disarming until you get to the scene, right. To the chest burster. Then the movie just, it, 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 it like, it just starts like cruising. Like it, it puts the gas down and we're gone after that point. And that really works because that's, that's supposed to be the effect of this kind of movie. Like to again, draw parallels to Halloween. Nothing happens really for 45 minutes in that film. Yeah. There's the beginning bit with Michael getting away and then driving, which he lost that ability later. And then him fighting the tow truck guy and killing him and taking his uh, jumpsuit. But in terms of like on-screen violence, we don't get a whole lot more until 45 minutes in. And I'm not saying that, Halloween and Alien are the same films. It's just, you know, like, for, forgive me, people listening, that, you know, I just watched one and I know the other. Like, it's, so it's it's easy for me to put them together in my head, but it's still kind of the same thing where we, we're just seeing this film in terms of Halloween of, like, people just living their lives and then, like, shit turns sideways. Alien is, these people are minors and they're out, like, they, like they're doing a job and then uh, Mother wakes them up and was like, hey... Um, you should go to this weird, um, you know, horseshoe on this planet and go inside. I'm like, why? I don't know. Reasons, you know, like, and then they go and it's like, and then things turn sideways and we find out about like, you know, about Ash and his ulterior motives and everything else. 
and it all works. It all works really, really well. So I do like all that. Um, of course it's alien, right? Like we, we, we love alien and it's, it's great. And I love all the interaction with, um, like, uh, the different, like we got, we got like the science people, we have the mission people, and then we have like the blue collar people like Brett and Parker, like they're there because they're the guys that understand how the ship works and they keep everything tightened up and they want their bonus, which I think is funny. Like they're like, we got to get paid. I'm like, of course you got to get paid. Right. I don't blame you. Um, and then, but it's just, there's these layers there that I, I, I like a great deal. And that's why I think this movie works in a lot of ways because we have a lot of like grounded reality, which is what you've mentioned. Um, that works for this. Um, what I will say about the documentary and if people have not seen it, I think, I think it's worthy of like one watch. Um, if this is your definitive, like, like if this is your gateway to learning about the film alien, uh, let me give you the caveat do some reading like half this movie you can find on your own. Um, and the rest of it take with a grain of salt. That that's the first part of my grievances. I'll just say that. Right. But there's plenty in here. I just, I wish that we would learn more about Dan O'Bannon. We have his wife and she tells some great stories about him. Uh, you know, like where he was at at the time and how he started writing this. And then his, his one partner, Oh, who became a producer. The name is failing me right now. One, uh, the guy who came with the chest burster, what's his name? Do you know, do you have that written down or no? Um, was Ron, it Ronald Shushit? No, not Ron, Ronald. Yeah. Shushet, right. Shushet. Thank you. Shushit. Right. Like, yeah. Okay, cool. Like He's I like, actually got a credit on the alien. As that's well, what I'm saying. Right? I, I looked up. Oh, he has story yeah. credit because sorry. No, no, you're right. You're right. I just, I just wanted to like, I was failing and I forgot. So, um, yeah, you just him, got to it faster than I did. Yeah. Ronald, Ronald, um, Ronald Russet. It's not yes. potato based. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> in space, no one can hear you scream for potatoes. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> all the eyes are looking at you anyway. So, um, yeah, no, him coming up with like, he had like that weird, like revelation of like the alien needs to burst out. Right. And then they wrote the thing and it's like, okay, cool. That's collaborative. That's, I didn't know that. Right. And then also like, I knew about the Giger stuff. I didn't know that Dan O'Bannon went out of pocket to get Giger involved originally. And then we eventually showed, uh, Scott, like the art book and Scott's like, no, we got to get this guy in here. I didn't know that either. I didn't know that Giger, like there's wonderful, there's wonderful bits in this documentary about from O'Bannon's, uh, wife and Giger's wife. They're now both widows, right? Because both both men have passed. How they talked kind of about like their perspectives. Bring me more of that. That's where I kind of wanted, because like it's the three of them and it's Ridley Scott kind of putting the icing on the cake and tying it all together. That's what I wanted this documentary to be. That's not quite what we got though. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's hard to fault the film because I understand like there's places where they do focus where you're like, I don't know how you don't talk about the fact that uh, – not even the fact. I don't know how you don't dissect the chestburster scene because they do spend quite a bit of time on that, almost to the detriment of like – Too much. It feels like they're done yeah. with the movie after that. Yeah, like yeah. the last it, 20 like, minutes deals with that. Yeah, the movie ends. Yeah. yeah. It's like, wait, no, there's like – 
there's easily another half hour action. Oh, here. by the way, was there um, a character named Ripley in was, this film? Was there a character named Ripley played by, you know, um, <laughs> you know, uh, by Sigourney Weaver? Like, it's almost like she doesn't exist in this documentary. That's also confusing. And also, yeah, by the way, like, I want to point out too, um, the, the gentleman that played, um, the alien, uh, Bolajaj, uh, Badero. I, I, I'm saying Bolajaj Badero. Is I saying his name right? Like we never got to him either. Sure. You know, I think that's kind of important with an alien movie, a documentary that the, sorry, nitpicks continue, please. No, uh, I, I agree with you. I mean, like I said, I, I can, I can't fault it for focusing on some of the, the bigger moments, but again, it does seem to be to the detriment of, 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 of not talking about other far more interesting aspects. And look, I, I'm sure that this, whoever was making this documentary was like, we have to get Sigourney Weaver. And for whatever reason, they just couldn't. Uh, well, that's fine, I, but I that doesn't mean you still can't talk about the character, no, no. you know? Sorry. I, I'm sorry. sorry continue, I, I, yeah. I'm just saying that like, it feels like her character is omitted simply because they don't have her there to talk about. And it's weird because a lot of the talk is focused on, I don't know how to, how to say this other than saying like a lot of it is film critics talking about how much they like this movie. Cause me saying that feels very, uh, you know, uh, hypocritical being that we're just sitting here talking about a documentary, talking about making a movie. Like it, oh, it no. it's hard but, for me to, to say that, but, did you at realize the same that? Time, sorry, Steve. Well, okay, cut you off real quick. Real quick. Did you know that if you host a podcast, you can go on a documentary and talk about stuff? Did you know that? We're in the wrong business. Like everybody, everybody making documentary about movies. Can we be a talking head and be like, so and so, the invasion of the podcast? We will talk about movies. Thank you very much. Like clearly, that gives us <laughs> like that gives us the ability. Did you like? Did you pick up on that? We're like, huh? Wait. Like you might be an authority, but it's a self-imposed authority, and you can just show up in a documentary. I didn't know that. Like we're in the, like, come on, we need to get our name out there. Like you know, like oh, you're doing a documentary about Darkman. We talked about that once. We're authorities. Thank you very much. I will say, and maybe it's just the difference of. Actually, I don't think it's a difference of audience because it's probably the same people watching this or the same people watching what I'm going to bring up here. But there is a, a documentary that came out in uh, 2009 when they brought up the remake of uh, Friday the 13th. Uh, that was it was like it was a two hour documentary. It was called His Name Was Jason. Um, and it's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of people. Yes, they talked to pretty much everyone ever involved in movies with the exception of, I think, like maybe Kevin Bacon. Uh, so they do have like everybody in the cast and oh, and I'm sorry, Crispin Glover doesn't appear, but like they they talk to a lot of different people in all the cast through all the movies, but it's interspersed with like yes, uh, you know, film review people and uh, critics or whatever. But what they're doing is is they're just talking about how much they they love the movie, but not in a way that's like critical or <laughs> and I I can see now people being like. That's your defense? Like, you don't want them to talk critically about the movie? No. Maybe authoritatively is the best way of putting it. But, like, they're just like, you know, and then there's that scene where, you know, guy's doing handstand and he just, you know, walks into the room and Jason cuts him down the, oh, that's the worst. You know, like that type of stuff. And that's kind of fun because it feels more like it's just people having fun with the movie and talking about it. Whereas this, it's like, it feels like people giving me their opinions and I don't know why, <laughs> why that's being... 
right? Why that's being focused on over the authoritative people who actually were involved in the project. Yep. <laughs> I, no, no, I, I'm not trying to sandbag anybody that's associated with the podcast because I mean that's that's hypocritical, right? But it does feel weird. Like you know what I mean? It's yeah. like it would be like. It also okay. I, I'm I'm taking I'm, 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 my grievances. I'll get to them. I, I promise you. But like, I I just thought like I'm sorry. I'm taking this off the rails. I apologize to everybody listening. That I really wish we would have focused more on O'Bannon and his uh, relationship with um, uh, Hodorowski. I wish we'd have gotten like some commentary about what he actually learned under his tutelage to go forward. That'd have been great. Because the the widow, um, I forget her name. I apologize. That uh, O'Bannon's wife was like, "Oh, I've never met him, but I adore him as well." It's like, "Oh, that'd have been nice to hear a little bit more." And if Hodorowski wanted to get away, like n- be nowhere near this, I don't blame him. Um, and then also like with um, you know Giger's wife, it's like I would because there was that weird insight. Not weird. That's that's not the right word. Where he was like uh, of the world's cultures, he was really influenced by like Egyptian artwork and architecture. Bring me a little bit more of that. I know there's Giger documentaries and stuff, but it's like, bring me a little bit more of that. And then there was that, um, there was that weird side tangent in this about, uh, what the, the artist named bacon about like his, like, um, weird, um, like, I don't know, like it, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, influence. nightmarish, you know, like yeah, his own influence, but it's like, they talked about Heronius Bosch. And also stuff. It's like, okay, I, I get that. I get it to a degree, but it's like, did that really inform? Like, I don't know. It just felt like, I feel like there's a lot of attachment of influences after the fact. Cause I don't know if Giger was influenced by that, by bacon. Maybe he was the documentary didn't make it clear. Um, and maybe it did. Maybe I'm an idiot and didn't catch on that theme, but there's other things that were going on. It's like, there's a lot of attachment of influences to this that I don't know if they were really there. It's easy to apply the lens, yeah. lens of the past, right? Like to see like, Oh, well clearly this came before. It's like, yeah, were the powers that be making this really considered all of this. I don't know if that's the case or not. You know, I, I'm going to bring this up here and this is not me, you know, again, bringing, raising one up to, to bring another down, but when you're talking about the people who are, you know, addressing the film and talking about it authoritatively or not, if they weren't involved in the film, I can't help but think of, of and again, this is probably going to get me in trouble, but it, uh, in 97, when Lucas did his re his special editions of the original Star Wars trilogy, there was a special on Fox that I had done video because I, I, I had to like tape everything that was on TV that like whole six month period where it, they were, you know, really pushing the films. And, uh, you know, in it, they talked to a bunch of different directors, you know, and they were people who, you know, were either making movies at the time or were inspired to make movies by seeing Star Wars. You know, one of those people being Ridley Scott, who's like, you know, I walked out of Star Wars and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I don't want to be doing what I'm doing. He's like, I want to, you know, I want to be doing what this guy's doing. He's like, interestingly enough, the next place, you know, the next movie I make is Alien. You know, he was talking about just specifically, like, the effect that it had on him. Like, I'd be interested in those types of stories. I would like to hear from you know, either people who are involved or people who were vastly influenced by them and had a, it, it sounds shitty for me to say it that way. Cause it's like, I'm, I'm not trying to invalidate these people, but I want, 
if I if I'm if I'm going to get people's opinions on it, I guess I want you know to hear about how it influenced them as opposed to um, people just telling me how good the chestburster scene is. I know how good it is. Like, I, I've seen it. Um, yeah, but you know, I, and and I, again, and I, I that's not me shitting on the people who are in this. It's just it's one of those things. I, I see this a lot with documentaries now, and again. We do a podcast. We talk about stuff, uh, you know, everything from is it cake to uh, <laughs> coming up uh, shortly marijuana. So, like, you know, it's it's is it space cake? It's I really understand. hard for me to throw yeah. that stone. Yeah. Well, no, I. I but yeah, I, is it space cake? Yeah, I think I think what you're saying is fair and valid. So, um, I just I think there was. <laughs> I think there were some bones here, right? That like, it was like, okay, great. And then like, I'll also give credit to, um, what was it? Um, uh, Ben Mankiewicz, who is from, what was it? Turner classic movies. His, his ability kind of parse out stuff. He, he was a good authority figure to bring in. I think he was a good talking head because yeah. the guy clearly loves cinema and understands what came before and what after. Right. But it's like, so, all right, like, can I, can I bring out my bag of a, uh, like, I don't know. Like, is there anything else in here? Let me just also mention this. Is there anything else in this documentary before I bring out my bag of grievances um, that I have here? It's just overflowing. Um, anything else in this documentary that like, like you're like, Oh, I didn't know that. Or that's really interesting. Cause I, I do have a couple things to bring up. So as, as much as I enjoy old EC comics, I did not know of that story that's referenced as being something that Dan O'Bannon read as a kid. I, I, was unaware of that story. I thought that that was interesting that the whole, uh, idea of somebody having a seed that they swallow and then it ends up basically being very similar to the chest burster. Uh, I, I kind of really liked hearing about that mm-hmm. level of inspiration. Um, would have been nice maybe to dig into who did what and what they were influenced by to bring that together. I don't know, right. but yeah, no, that was fun. I'd also you know, with his wife explaining like, Oh, he was terrified of bugs. And also he had yeah. Crohn's disease. Like they're like, I thought that like, you know, like, like not that that it hands wave away, hand, hand waves away things, but it's like, that explains a lot of his own, like things he was struggling with. And I thought that was effective. I agree with that. Yeah. And I, again, this is not me because it, it, it's, it's unfair to level this at the, you know, this documentary as well. But, um, I'm thinking of another, uh, O'Bannon production. There's a documentary on uh, Return of the Living Dead, which he wrote and directed. Um, uh, it's one of my. I, I, it's in a rotating spot, but like when we went to Living Dead Weekend last last year, I was there to meet the cast from <laughs> Return of the Living Dead. So uh, I have a high opinion of that movie. I, I really love that movie, and it works on. Uh, so many levels of being scary and funny, but there's a documentary called more brains that covers the first three, um, return of the living dead films. And, uh, admittedly they don't do as much coverage on, uh, Bannon as say this documentary does at least within its first 20 minutes. But what they do do, do do, they talk to a lot of the people who are involved. Um, you know, they talk to, um, Oh, very famous artist who also did the designs for Masters of the Universe, the movie, and I can't. William Stout. Whew! Thought I was having a. <laughs> I was blanking out there, but like I wasn't you know, going to help you because I had no idea. But yes, yes. I was like, <laughs> I hope Steve could you know, pull it together. William Stout. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. 
how, how you know he designed you know the tar man and you know worked with bannon to select uh you know uh the shooting locations and designs and all this stuff and you know other people who are involved producers like that's I don't know. I don't want to say like, oh, if you're going to look for a film that was involved with a great documentary, I'd go, you know, more brains over this. Fair enough. So I just now now continue your grievances. No. So no, I was uh, just going to say now. Yes. No, here's my one. I want to mention. I thought I didn't realize that um, when we had. um, Oh, uh, we shit. I'm looking at the cast. Roger Corman, Roger Corman, kind of being like, hey, I like the script. Um, you need more money. <laughs> Credit to him. Like we, like I, I, I know like Corman's put out a lot of like low budget schlock, but he also understands the budget and how to get things across the finish line. And there's value in that. But I also think he had an eye, right? So the story I always remember, uh, because he told he told Bannon, he's like, if you don't get somebody to bite on this, I'll make it. But it's not at a good budget. We'll do that, which I think is fair. Um, Ron Howard approached um, Roger Corman. He's like, I want to direct. And he was like, okay, I'll let you direct one of my movies. Here, here's the caveat. One, you have to star one of my movies. And also, two, if you have to come back and ask me to direct a second one, you're not a good director. So I think, like, Roger Corman, like, he ha- like say what you want about him. He knew. Like, he understood, like, like the, 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 uh, the bandwidth needed, right, to make these things possible. And for him to tell a band, he's like, I really like the script, but... I can't get you the money. I think th- I didn't realize that. I thought that was a really interesting um, uh, point of this, right? So I wish we'd have gotten more from him, right? Uh, so I think, so I think mm. I, I'll, I'll, I'll say credit to that. I didn't know that about the about the um, about the origin of Alien. <laughs> Here's my head full of st- uh, steam, Steve. My head full of Steve, Steve. Um, this documentary is so far up its own butt, like it is pretentious as F like it gets, it made me so mad <laughs> the first like four minutes of like the, 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 the garbage in Greece with the furies that was like so pretentious and garbage. We found out later on what was going on and to how everybody's like, this is big Greek tragedy. It's like, I don't really think people making this were really aiming for that and how everybody's piling on their own impressions and their own like interpretations, which like, if you and I were having a beer in a bar with these people, that'd be a fun talk. That's not a documentary. That's speculation and it's not confirmed and go F yourself. It just pissed me off where it's like, Oh, this is going on. It's like, did anybody confirm this? No, I think they're making a monster movie and they're like, Hey, um, this is a really good, this is a pretty well-written script. The chest burst is crazy. We should do that. And they're like, oh, the alien looks kind of weird. What if it was a dick? Oh, that'd be pretty cool too. Let's just do that. That's like, I feel like there's a lot of that. It's like, but the way that there's this like speculation and um, own personal interpretation heaped on, that's not a documentary to me. And it pisses me off. Like, um, it's like, cool. That's your opinion. Why is that here? You know, like it, it's, it's one thing I, I don't know, like there's people still around making the movie that are alive and can talk about it. Like the, the, what was it? The cinematographer and the editor 
talked about like how they're like, Oh, well, that's stupid, but let's make it work. You know, like there was like, the, they yeah. were like the Waldorf and Statler, <laughs> the documentary where it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like that was fun. And then having like, you know, um, oh, it was a Tom Skerritt and, um, um, Ver- Veronica Cartwright Veronica. talk a little bit yeah. like that was fun too. And I'm like, I'm not saying that every single person that talks on a documentary needs to be directly involved with the production, but I don't know, man. It just, it, the one guy who was like the film study guy, I'm like, cool. You're using your degree. You're getting paid right now. I don't like you. You know, like, it's just like, I don't know. Like, it's just like, congratulations. You get to have opinions with your beard and get your head up your butt. It's, I don't know. It just, it just, it pissed me off. It pissed me off so much. So I'm going to throw one thing out here. Just like, let me, let me finish this real quick. So the director of this also did a documentary called, um, 78 slash 52 Hitchcock shower scene, which I watched last year. Uh, cause I went on talk without rhythm with, um, with the, the mighty, the El Goro, which translated means the, the Goro, um, uh, talking about some Hitchcock films. I decided to like dig into this and it's the same goddamn thing. It is like, like 80% people talking about like, Oh, this is so great. And then 20% like worthy knowledge. And it's like, go after yourself. And they also do the drilling down. Cause that whole documentary is about the shower scene, but the first part's about Hitchcock and his influence. It's like this director has one trick and his trick is focus on one sequence drill down, which I'm not against that, right? He, this guy also directed the film that you may have seen. I've not seen it. The people versus George Lucas from 2010. Um, I've not seen that. I don't know. You might be familiar with it. I know you're a big star. Yeah. I've, I've seen it. Um, yeah. I don't want to turn this. Maybe we should watch that for like May the 4th or something. I don't sure. know. But like, or, yeah. or never. It's fine. <laughs> One of the two things. It's just this person's a fan and they know how to put together a complete film. But it's like, I don't know, man. Like, it's just if you don't got it, you know what? How about how about you tell like you tell a streaming service like Shutter, like, hey, I have a, a tight 45 about the making of Alien. That might be a good way to dip your toes in but I don't got it. And we're, I'm like, no, no, no. I got some bullshit barbershop quartet guy to put his own theories on here. And then also someone coming in and be like, it's this great tragedy in three acts. Like I no, 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 no. Go screw yourself. The, the alien alien is a, it's, it's a, it's a really well done film. And also here, here, Steve, I'll, I'll throw, I'll throw a bone to you. Um, and, oh, well, thank you. Well, no, but do you like, please give me a second to explain this. Like, it, it exists in a weird, peculiar space where you have multiple influences coming in to make like the best possible film. Um, this is not dissimilar to a new hope, right? Cause just because, um, you know, we got like, I don't know, like just because we got Ridley Scott directing this, which he had a masterful vision, right? The look of the alien wasn't decided until it was brought to him. Right. But because, uh, O'Bannon loved Geiger's sketches, right? But we didn't know for sure. And then the person working on the chestburster tried a couple of different things. Geiger was like, he could, he's like, I can't figure this out, do this. And then the story kept getting tweaked because like O'Bannon had an idea. Uh, Shushit came in. Like, this is very much like Star Wars, where it's like, it is, it is successful because of the collaboration. But in hindsight, People want to hold this up to one or two people and that's bullshit. And I like, um, I, um, 
Oh, what's the name of the um, the Star Wars art director that everything got uh, influenced by him? He passed away a couple years ago. Um, uh, Ralph McQuarrie. Yes. I'm sorry that I forgot his name. But it's like Star Wars wouldn't be Star Wars without Ralph, uh, without Ralph McQuarrie, right? Like, we wouldn't have that, right? So uh, Alien wouldn't be Alien without Giger, right? Like, so... And I know I'm bringing up like individual names, but it's like, I feel like this is kind of the same thing where it's like multiple hands were in the fire to make this an interesting movie. And it turns out to be like the best goddamn thing ever made much like a new hope. I don't like that. Like you can't, yeah, there's influences and people are influenced by things that they grow up and this is what they write and this is what they bring in. And I understand there's the whole Lucas thing with like his, his influence, like his, um, like watching of like, you know, uh, samurai movies and that's all important too. But it's like the, this documentary makes me mad, but it's like this, this film almost becomes like it exists because God willed it. So it just pisses me off. Like, Tell me, tell me I'm wrong, but I like, but that's the vibe I get. It's like alien wouldn't exist unless like God had a plan, you know, it's like, calm down, calm down. It's a rubber suit guy running around killing people and a cat lives. Like, let's just be, I love it. And it's gritty. And I love the aesthetic. I love the cinematography is amazing. And the editing like credit also too. We don't ever, I'm so bad about cinematography and lighting and editing that I, I should be more appreciative Cause it's like, Oh, that's the director's decision. I don't know about that. Tarantino owed a lot of his success to his editor, right? Like, let's be honest, you know, like, and Cameron owed a lot to his editor, which I know I'm sure he was in the room, like tapping shoulders and shit. Right. But like, you know, alien owes a lot to its editing. Rightfully. So I just, I think that this, I don't like mythology making because this film isn't mythological. It's a physical production that people were involved in. And it's a wonderful film. I love it. It's not godly. Calm down. All right. Well, I, I certainly don't have an issue with anybody speaking with passion about the movie that they love. And I think that's okay. what I was keep, trying keep to talking. I'm going to take another shot because I'm, I'm a glutton. So just keep talking, please. And thank okay. You. So, uh, you know, I, I personally feel <sighs> like <sighs> I, I'm good. Keep continue, continue Just suffer on. Thank you. I think that, you know, what what you were getting to, to earlier about, uh, you know, these people who are talking about the film and being up their ass, like, I think that that is what I enjoy about what I was talking about the Friday the 13th documentary, His Name is Jason, which, oddly enough, is also later uh, split into a much longer documentary called uh, Camp Crystal Lake Memories. So, uh what I was talking about though, specifically with like, you know, journalists and film critics and whatever the, the people that they were talking to, they were all clearly fans of it and, and not, they weren't interested in dissecting it. They were interested in like when they cut to him, it was just them talking about something that they loved about one of the movies. And I think that that, I don't know for me personally, as a viewer that if you're going to have those types of people talking, you know, somebody who's not involved with production or, uh, you know, doesn't really have much to say, in a academic sense, I guess I, I, it's hard to qualify who I think should be involved in the documentary, but if you're going to include people who uh, aren't of note, I guess, within the production and you're going to have outside voices, I'd rather hear them talking about what the movie means to them as opposed to mm, covering, you know, like you mentioned with the, you know, the myths and, and, you know, the whole theories thing and, and really trying to be, 
uh, as smart about Alien as they possibly can. And I, I do wonder, and I hate to say it this way, but I, I feel like is there a fear among, you know, the people who are doing this that they're like, well, I got to sound smart. <laughs> I can't just be like, you know what? I, that whole scene kicks ass. And here's why I love it. Like, is it that they're afraid to do that? You know, they're like, well, now I've got to compare it to some sort of major work that came from whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's just I, I don't I don't know that I can define why I enjoy one more than the other, probably because I do like, you know, passion. I think that that's, you know, infectious. But also, uh, with the amount of people who are still alive who could have contributed to this documentary, it seems like an inclusion just to focus on some of the people that they do. Um, yeah. And as, as we wrap up, talk about this documentary, um, I, I do think that there's a documentary to be made that I think... I, I feel like we've seen it with Star Wars, we've seen it with Star Trek, we've seen it with, with Friday the 13th, we've seen it with all the major properties. Like, uh, there's, there's you know, documentaries, subset of documentaries, focusing on the whole of what that, I, I, God, I hate to say the word property, but, you know, focusing on at least um, all the pieces that are in between the films. Like, for instance, you know, I would love to see them talk about the fact that like at one point they tried to market alien to kids, you know, and, and I shouldn't even say try cause they, they then successfully do it later in the nineties uh, with the Kenner line. But like the fact that, you know, Kenner has a, a failure in 1979 when it's like, it's the next star Wars. And then parents are just, you know, horrified <laughs> uh, at the idea of their kid playing with alien toys. Um, did, did they actually brand some TV dinners where it's like, oh, it's warm inside? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> but I, I, I would like to see, like, you know, something, you know, that covers kind of that that stuff and then how it, it bled into, you know, other genres, not genres, sorry, mediums, uh, medias, I should say, whether it be the comic series, the novels that came out, um, the fact that the, you know, the nineties did spurn a new era of toys. And I would say, you know, aliens toys have been, you know, successfully going now for over 30 years. Thanks to that counter line that came out in the nineties. Like uh, it's, it's, I'd like to see talk about that, you know, and I realize that's not specific to just the film, but I, I feel like there could be an interesting documentary about, you know, how you get from, you know, alien, to you know, Alien Resurrection, to Aliens versus Predator, to Alien Covenant. I, uh, I think I think there's an interesting documentary to be made uh, in those regards, and that's really unfair for me to be like, I have an idea for a documentary, and let me tell you what it is here at the end of this talk of a documentary. But I feel like there's much more left to be still said about Alien, and I'll leave that as my my. Just like Jerry Springer used to have a final thought, that's my final thought. Well, I'm bringing a chair to you right now. No, no, I just, I think, um, I think there's plenty here to chew on. I just don't like how there's like the information brought to us is treated, treated the same way as speculation. I don't like, I don't, in this documentary, I'm like, Oh, that that's not the same gravity. It's like, I don't know. It's like, I think that, I don't know. It's just, it, 
I know, I know my default settings, but I don't know about this, but it's just, it made me frustrated because it's like, Oh, you've given me some like behind the scenes stuff to kind of chew on. And then you're going to go into like this Greek mythology bullshit or like all these other things that happened before, because there was, uh, I was reading about some of this after watching the documentary, there was some of the, the films they hit come before that, um, that like, people that were involved had not seen, but it's treated like that was stuff that was already known. Like what was it? The queen of blood or whatever the, that movie is called or like that they show We showed in the documentary, um, like the powers that be, none of them had seen that film. And so it's like, okay, that, that shows you that's kind of that like thousand, uh, thousand, uh, monkeys, thousand typewriters, thousand years type of scenario where it's like, Oh, people are kind of coming to this conversion point of like, what if, right. But this film treats some of this as like, Oh, this is what came before. It's like nobody making this has seen that film. So don't talk about it. Like it was an influence that frustrates me. Um, I don't know. It's just, it, it makes me mad where someone's like, Oh, this reminds me of all these other things. It's like, cool. Is that like, I'm not saying that you're wrong about your opinion and the influences that you've had coming into this film, this film's like, you know what, over 40 years old and you bring a lot of baggage in with you and you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I see how women were treated then. I see that there's this blue collar, white collar division going on. It's like, I just, I don't know. Like, like I, I'm sorry. Let me let me rephrase. The way women were treated, I think that's I think that's part of the film. I I, I do acknowledge that. But the whole thing with like um, whenever uh, Tom Skerritt like moves away from like the blue collar guys, I don't think that was uh, Ridley Scott being like, oh, I guess I got to go lean into the upper class. I don't think that was the case. I think it was him getting across a story point and bring some dynamic to the scene. You know, like I don't know, like it's just. People, I think it's possible to read too much into a sequence. Um, sometimes a spade is a spade. And I think that um, there's plenty in Alien to to dig into and chew on because it's, it's a, a great film. I love it. I think there's plenty to get into. But sometimes I think it's easy to um, over-examine. You know, like I think we talked about that already. And I don't know if this is one of those films where when the laser focus is brought in, it might've been like slightly subconscious, but I don't think that was actually brought into the creation process. And I think it's worthy of discussion, but don't graph that onto the film because I don't think that's what it was doing. Did, oh, that sounds like a dick. I don't I, like, you know, I'm not trying to sound like a dick, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't think that was the luggage being brought in here. It's easy to see in hindsight, but I don't think that was what was being brought in. I agree with that. And I, I think, uh, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about just the whole idea of how documentaries have sort of shifted, I feel like, in the last 10 to 20 years. And I don't know if it's, and I don't want to be like, oh, it's just people getting access to, you know, easily make films or, you know, more available access to do things and documentaries being things that are probably easier to get made in some respects, you know, uh, and that sounds shitty the way I said that as well, but I, I guess the availability of, of people being able to make things, these specialized sort of documentaries coming out on very specific things. Like for instance, um, 
oh, I didn't watch it just recently, but there's a pretty interesting documentary on the making of Night of the Creeps. I'm sorry, Night of the Creeps. I can't believe I just said Night of the Creeps. Yeah. Uh, Monster Squad. Well, but no, but like, I, like same we, director. You and I talked. Uh, we talked about the Image Comics documentary. Right. It was, but it, it like the, the format was kind of stale. But it was much talking heads. But it was all the people involved. So yeah. you can't dismiss it. You know what I mean? Like, like the formatting might have been weird, but it was those that were involved talking about it. So there's worth there. Yeah, I just feel like there has been a shift, and I'll just say this real quick: the Monster Squad documentary, Wolfman's Got Nards, is actually everybody who's involved in the film is interviewed, and it's it's quite a fun documentary. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, but uh, going back to this, you know, I I, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, you know, there's there's this weird sort of shift. Uh, in in uh, in documentaries i i just feel like there's a lot more well no but like fan driven like pop culture documentaries right yeah. yeah and that's what i mean like there's a niche i guess so there are people who are getting to you know get their voices out there but maybe they're not maybe they're not the best voices for a documentary but maybe a, uh, an interesting discussion maybe that's a better way of putting it so yeah, it could have. I been, don't know what I'm talking about. No, 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 anymore. no, no. It's, it, it could have I, been I a podcast, like but not a documentary. It could have been a podcast discussion, like what we're having now. Like, be like, oh, I feel like all this is appropriate. Cool. Yeah, all right. but at no point did they ask, "Is it cake?" So. <laughs> Was the derelict cake? Yes. No. <laughs> no. Like, I mean, like, I'm not. Thank you for suggesting this. I, I just, it's, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I. I have a bad sniff test for like what I believe is pretentious. And this thing was like, it was like, Oh, this is it. Right. Oh no. It's up your own butt. Like It was like, you know, like, I don't know. Like I, I don't like you. Everybody can say what they want about me. Like, you know, like I'm, I'm long winded and sometimes maybe like I go like, you know, whatever. It's just, I don't think I'm pretentious. You know, I think I'm, I always try to approach like for why, like, Oh, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm not. I'm not an expert. You, you, you did at one point tell us a story about how you used to wear sweatpants in high school. So I don't. I don't feel like pretentiousness is really coming. <laughs> oh no, I have you. no shame. I'm. I'm a hobo. <laughs> I, I wore sweatpants every day in high school and also read the Bible. So take that with what you will. Steve, how many times have you read the New Testament, and Old Testament? I want to ask you right now. How many times have you read those? They're they're on the to do list. <laughs> No, um, I, I, I did. I, I feel like I, 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 okay. I don't think that I really read, read them. I'm, I'm pretty sure I did the, uh, <laughs> you browse. You yeah, I did the browse. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure if I remember right, I read the old Testament once and the new Testament twice. Um, by the way, boring as F that's why I'll say that about both. Um, yeah, I, you know, whatever. Anyway, terrible books, no sequels are needed, you know, like anyway. So I, I don't know. I just, I try, I try, I try to be the everyman, not try to be like, I'm not humble. Like in the sense of like, Oh, you know, I got to like ground my dough. You and I, like the point of a podcast, one is to have overweight white guys talk about stuff. That's the first point. Right. And the second point is like, and subscribe and get, and get, uh, you know, internet hits, but also like perspective and personal opinion. And, I, and that's, that's great. But I feel like half of the film we just watched was, it could have been a podcast. 
And if you would have done like, oh, here's this podcast called Memory, The Origins of Alien, where a bunch of shitheads with their own butt that done other podcasts and went to film school to talk about it, cool. But it's just, I don't know, like, it's just, it's a great film. I love it. And it should be held up as a great film to watch. But at the same time, it's like, it's not religious, but the tone it takes is very religious. Does that make sense? That's what was frustrating to me. Yeah, I, I get that. Uh, you know, the it's that it's again, and I actually suffer from this a little bit. You know, I have I used to think of myself as, as being some sort of authority may not be the best word for it, but I certainly spoke about a lot of things that I was not qualified to in manners in which I was like very confident. You know, and I've come to realize over the years that I'm like, I don't really know as much as I think I know. Um, so in that regard, you know, I'm much more liable to talk about things, but I'm always willing to preface it with like, this is just a either my opinion or these are the facts that I know. But like, I couldn't hold a conversation, you know, with probably a lot of these people, this documumentary, I hate to say it. But you know that's, Dude, that's where you would be fear. like, be like, wait a second, I gotta get a beer, and then you go over and you just talk to somebody else. You're like, oh, <laughs> were you the makeup guy? Can I talk about that for a second, please? And yeah. thank you. You know, because that's like, yeah. what I'd be more interested in. If somebody was like, do you want to hear about how I made the eyeball of you know whatever? And I'd be, I guess there's technically. Oh, are no you the eye. guy that gave uh, uh, was um, oh uh, John Hurt a bunch of wine? <laughs> Making the movie, I would much rather hear those stories. I think, are you, are you, were you the cigarette provider for the chess person? Please tell me more about that day. (laughs) Like, yeah, I would be all about that because that was also a delightful bit where it's like he was stuck at this table. It's like we gave him wine and cigarettes. I'm like, yeah, that's probably the best way to get through that. (laughs) Like, (laughs) oh, like, I mean. I mean, I don't know. And also then like, also I'm, I'm cutting you off. I apologize. The bit when we find out when they tried the multiple takes of getting the thing going through the shirt and how the one didn't go all the way through, but through the process of editing, it made it more terrifying. That's really cool. Right. Yeah. Like it's like, Oh, it was a happy accident. Cool. Like that's the fun part of us watching movies where it's like, was that on purpose? No, but you don't know it. That, I, I just, I don't know. It's just also like, I just, I get so tired of people grafting on their own theories of why things are when like, like cool. You, 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 you read a book. I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, I just, I don't know. Like I, we all, we can all, we can only speak from what we know. I, I like, like, like we had our Halloween talk, right? And it's like, but it's like one of those things. It's like, and I, I brought to you some information about like John Carpenter's a filmmaker, and we had a great talk, and it was wonderful. You brought to the table what you know about how that franchise affected you, right? And I'm not yeah. saying that anybody listened to that episode, be like, oh, Steve knows exactly why that film was made. We don't know. <laughs> you know, what I mean? like it's just that's that's different than being like here's a documentary about that. Like, I don't know. It just pissed me off. Sorry. Continue. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure where I was going with that other than just to say, uh, I, I don't disparage anybody who has, you know, their views or, uh, you know, academic takes on, on these types of things. 
But, you know, I do feel like there is this sort of, well, I can't just be Chris Farley, you know, <laughs> on Saturday Live talking to Paul McCartney and being like, do you remember when you made this? Do, do, you, know, do you remember when you made Alien? That was pretty yeah. cool. So I, I get it because I suffer from that, too. Like there's sometimes when I come to the podcast and I'm like, am I going to have anything of worth to say about this? Or hell, just in a conversation with, you know, you, our friend Richard, uh, you know, El Goro in a hotel room about movies, you know, like there's always a thing of like, oh, man, am I going to be the one who doesn't say something smart? You know, meanwhile, you know. Meanwhile, I'm over the corner and having drunk. Yeah, Meanwhile, yeah, I'm just yeah. drinking and waving around a wa- rock lord, like you yeah. know, like I'm yeah. an asshole. <laughs> exactly. But it's it's that thing of like, oh, am I gonna say something that isn't, you know, um, film appropriate? Because we're at Cinema Wasteland. I don't know. But you get what I mean. Like you don't want to be the person who doesn't have something to say, so you have well, to have. Something I, I to think say. it's I think it's perfectly fine to be um, involved and um, like thorough. And nuanced, I think the cutting the cutting off point is like, oh, this is just my opinion. I think you know, but the way this film was treated was like, it's not just opinion. It's like, oh, it's it's a Greek tragedy. There's furies involved. Go f yourself. Calm down. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, there's this whole thing. Like, because the beginning was like this weird, like uh, a Greek thing that was like happening in the seventies, right? In the first four minutes of this this documentary, and we get this weird thing where the Furies are awakening. But did you see the icon? Like the weird, like uh, smoke with lasers, and like it's just like it was like trying to be like it was like one of the rooms, like the egg chamber from Alien. It's like calm down. The Furies weren't awakened because a movie was made. You know, it's like, just, I don't know. It's like, sure, sure. If you want to uh, equate this to a Greek tragedy of like, oh, it's like, it's unknown and shit's going to happen. Like, fine. We could have that discussion. I don't think Dan O'Bannon had that in mind writing the script. I don't think Ridley Scott had that filming the script. How about no? How about calm down? You know, like, it just... Dear Lord, I just up your own butt. That that's that's my final assessment of this. I I, I Aliens a great film. I I I have I own the Blu-ray quadrilogy. Um, it, it's hard to find now because there's been other Alien films made after that. Your mileage may vary. Uh, one of Steve's first appearances on the show was about Prometheus. Um, <laughs> you know, like you know, whatever. Like, but like. And I, I need to go back and watch the director's cut of Resurrection, and maybe it's done. The, after what's came after, Resurrection isn't that bad. I'll just throw it out there. And we've talked about Alien Three, and we talked about Aliens, and like, and we didn't have a full fledged talk about Alien. Um, I love the series, and Alien's a wonderful film. Um, and this documentary is a good way to kind of get like, let's put it this way: this should be your gateway drug if you like Alien to learn more about it. But then take it with a grain of salt and then I don't know, go read other things that aren't like Greek mythology infused and learn more about the production and then get your mind blown about how this shouldn't work, but it does, you know, like it works. It works in spite of everything working against it. And it's a wonderful film. Yeah. I mean, it's easily one of the top science fiction slash horror, you know, films, uh, of not just, you know, the last, you know, 50 years, but possibly of, 
all time. You know, it, 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 it changed the genre, right? It changed. Yeah, the, there's that it, gr- gritty space. You know, like yeah. yeah, and you know, maybe that's that's the thing too is is that there's so much that can be said about this, and they just seem to focus on areas that may not have made for the best documentary, but a, maybe a decent podcast. Sure. And then yeah. also like, if you want to get further mad, then watch that, uh, um, that, uh, Alfred Hitchcock one. They did that. It's like, Oh, about the shower scene. Everybody's like, it's so great. It's like, yes, it is. Calm down. Anyway. So <laughs> just, I don't know. Like, I mean, you know me, like I, I want to love things. It's just whenever you just like, I just here, I'm a little, I'm a little drunk, a lot of drunk. When you get get up your own butt, I'm out. <laughs> you know, like just calm down. Like, it, what is this society? If you start, you know, shunting up your own butt, I'm out. That's what I'm gonna throw it out there. <laughs> well, I don't think I'm gonna be able to do better than that. So I, <laughs> I think it's probably best to end our talk there. Okay, fine. That's our talk about uh, uh, memory, the origins of Alien. Um, yeah, it, you guys might disagree. That's fine. That that's the point of us just having this discourse and talking about things, right? That is the conversation. None of this is set in stone unless I'm pretty sure Steve didn't make alien. I don't, I've not known him forever. Um, and he was kind of young, but maybe Steve, Steve was actually dressed up as Jonesy running around on the set of alien. We don't know that spoiler. I just want to let you guys know he was an orange cat that ran around. Well, I, 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 I can't stay or deny, but, uh, yeah. what I will say is, is I believe I share a birthday with one Sigourney Weaver. So oh, there you go. Oh, look at I that got connection. that going on. That's nice. Me. So, yeah. all right. So yeah, if you guys disagree with our discussion about uh, memory, let us know on our Facebook page. It's invasion of the podcast. We have a blog that is, um, uh, as dusty as, uh, the Nostromo. Um, you, you guys can find it there, invasion of I always have the best of intentions to write something. It's just, I still owe the world of Robocop three watch and talk about, I talked about that year, a year ago for a year of the sequel, maybe this weekend, probably not, but I, I will get there. I promise at some point, right? If you guys want to uh, read about a really upsetting, uh, for me, uh, discussion of grizzly Two, <laughs> the concert, go, go read that. Uh, I put I put uh, gifts up. It's pretty great. So go check us out there uh, and uh, email us directly at invadingpodcast@gmail.com. Wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us. If you enjoyed this discussion, let every, everybody else know. The more the merrier. It'd be greatly appreciated. And Steve, how can people find you? You can find me on Instagram and Facebook under the Saturday Night Slasher. You can visit our website, the com. And this coming, well, I, I guess it's not this coming. It's it's. Uh, less, no, it's more than a week. Sorry. <laughs> Just over a week. Soon. <laughs> Soon uh, TM. Yeah. Yes. Uh, eight days away. Uh, I will be in, uh, downtown Cleveland at the hunting convention center for fanexpo.com. Myself and, uh, partner in the Saturday slasher, Ryan Sandy will be there, uh, Friday and Saturday. Uh, Ryan will not be there on Sunday, but you know who will be? Paul Stedman. Woo-hoo! So, uh, guys, go check out uh, Cleveland Fan Expo. Uh, we're going to be there. A lot of local talent will be there. Kevin Smith will be there. Um, uh, Ron Perlman will be there. Um, the cast most of Dexter. Of the ca- no, most kidding, of the cast will, of Clerks uh, 3 will be there, right? Yeah. yeah. The cast of Clerks 3, 
Um, a lot of different voice actors who I apologize for not naming. I'll just name Billy West because I, I he's the one that I know the most. Um, and then uh, uh, it's uh, April 29th through May 1st. So please come out if you're in the Cleveland area. And if you do go to the convention, stop by, say hello. Tell me your thoughts on Alien. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, you know why I'm uh, wrong. I don't think I said anything <laughs> wrong actually. But. No, go go buy uh, Side Slasher issues one and two, and uh, I was uh, Beyond Sunset. Um, yes. Oh, mm-hmm. and I, I just you know me. I'm just it's like, okay. I it's it's only one issue of an anthology. Uh, it's no, okay. well, that's fine. Or uh, um, uh, Misfits of Science. That's not what it's called. Um, the abominations of science. <laughs> I think we no. still have some copies left. No, I'm kidding. I just don't so. miss the science was the NBC show. So, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, from the eighties, but uh, you know, you riding coattails. I'm kidding. No, but, um, no, it's, it's like, go support them. They do great work. Um, uh, Steve, Steve's a great writer. He's gonna be like, Shh, but he is. And Ryan's a great penciler. And he's going to be like, yeah, cause Steve, like me supports others and their output other than what we do. Cause we are self-loathing and anything that we do personally, we're upset with, but we'll cheerlead everybody else. Right. So, um, cause well also like you're like Ryan is part of that Bernie Wrightson, uh, collection that is like uh, the Kickstarter, right? So correct. Yeah, yeah. It's a successfully funded, uh, Kickstarter, I believe ended its beginning of this week, but yeah, he's, uh, his piece will be in that book. And, uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I hope people went out and backed it cause, uh, it's going to be a great book. Yeah. So there you go. So Ryan's doing good work. Steve's good, doing good work. I'm just here being an idiot. So whatever. Anyway, let's just get to our four twenty one game. Time to play the game. game. All right, so for tonight's game, I chose to pick a game based on 420, even though we've just passed it. I thought it would be fun to do uh, instead of a true false or, you know, 50 50 AB type of game, I figured I would. I would ask uh, Paul uh, a series of questions about not just 420, but weed in general, I guess. Uh, the marijuana, if you will. Um, and before you ask, no, I did not partake yesterday. So, um, but you did. Too. I did yeah. create this 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 test, which is just as good. So, well, okay. I test so, game. all right. So, all can right. you can you just reveal on right now that um. There may have been bits in uh, previous episodes in which um, you may have uh, imbibed in some of the uh, the marijuanas. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. That is slander, <laughs> sir. And I come to this 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 podcast every week prepared and fully stone without cold, any sober, and yes. not talking about Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> As like, I, I don't know why would I mention that. That'd be a weird thing to bring up specifically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's some real points in that episode where I just lose the train of thought completely. Like I'm, I'm all over the place in a lot of our episodes, but boy, oh boy, that particular episode, <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna peel the curtain back. I have no <laughs> idea what I'm talking about, but 
All right. Um, yeah, continue, please. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so the game today is called Am I Toking or Am I Joking? So I'm going to ask Paul 10 questions. He can tell, well, I guess it's not even really. I'm going to give him 10 statements. He's going to tell me if it's true or false, meaning if it's true, I'm toking. If it's false, I'm joking. So, Paul, number one, the song Because I Got High was written for Jalen Silent Bob Strikes Back. You're toking. Uh, no, that's uh, that's joking. Uh, it's actually written the year before, I believe. It had gotten popular on uh, Napster before Napster was no longer a thing. Fair enough. Uh, and then I think was picked up by like Howard Stern, and that's how it ended up uh, being in the movie. But so. bop, bop. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, number two. One of the early ingredients in V8 was marijuana. It was later replaced with parsley. Joking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's always that talk about like, oh, there being cocaine in Coca-Cola. No, I agree. I, I just, I was like, I was 50-50. It was a coin flip. I just, you know. <laughs> I just love the idea of. You know, the, the, I'm sure you've seen that meme where it's yeah, like, yeah, but the whole thing, well, via the, it's like, oh, I'm like, I'm, I'm like a left to center. It's like, have you tried marijuana? I'm like, yeah, I'm good now. No, no. Like you're going to fall off. You're going to fall further left to center. I get it. You know. <laughs> All right. So number three here in Norway, there is a doomsday vault with seeds for 31 strands of cannabis. Toking. Yeah, that's true. Apparently, uh, I believe uh, I don't have it in front of me now. I believe there's like 14 different company companies, countries uh, with North Korea being one of them and, um, and the United States not being one of them uh, that contribute uh, to this doomsday locker. Oh, no, I know about the seed bank. Yeah, the, yeah. I, I, I've heard about this before in terms of like having different uh, strains of, uh, you know, strange there. Um, I, yeah. I believe that. Yeah. It's just interesting to me that like <laughs> Greenland's <laughs> called Greenland for a reason. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, if it's doomsday, like, what's the point? But yeah, that's just me. No, it's just like oh, have a the, whole the lot world of screwed? high cyborgs. <laughs> Time enough at last. Do we have weed? You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So number the next one here, number four. The first thing that was ever sold on the internet was marijuana. Joking. No, that's true. Oh, um, Christ. I don't okay. have it in front of me. It was in the 70s. Uh, it was two schools communicating each with each other, and they actually set up a quote-unquote, if you will, drug deal where uh, they sold pot to the other. Oh, uh, so here, side note. I'm going to do a, a brief timeout. Do you know the, um, oh, what was it, the 420? Do you know where that came from? I was doing doing some research for this. Apparently, it was legal in California for a while, and there were some high school kids that yes. were no. They would joke. They yeah. would joke because they're like, "Oh, we're gonna meet at four twenty, and they would go to like this weed field, right?" Yeah. And they always it was like three or four of them. There's an episode of the podcast called Criminal from like I don't know four or five years ago that actually talked to the guys that actually set up four twenty because it was like that was when they finally got out from their like oh four twenty four twenty. And they joked about it. Yeah, that's where it came from. Yeah. And it's funny that it's become such a huge thing, but I guess that's how everything has got to start out somewhere. I don't even know what that means. All right. <laughs> Number five. Uh, John Carpenter credits his idea 
of making Michael Myers being the brother of Laurie Strode to quote unquote smoking away his script while writing Halloween two. Oh, I'm going to say, uh, joking. Cause I've not read about that yet. So, okay. Uh, I am joking. Uh, but he does equate it to, uh, doing heavy drinking cause he didn't want to write that script. Fair enough. So, but yeah. I also, I think the carpenter is not, um, um, unknown. <laughs> he's not opposed to the weed. No. <laughs> And God bless him. He's still alive and he's a national treasure. <laughs> you know, it's him smoking weed and cigarettes and eating fried chicken and playing video games. Truck on, sir. I also think it's hilarious that, you know, one of the gaffes in the original Halloween is there's smoke coming into a scene because he's smoking off camera. It's like, oh, dude. Like, okay. So I, we're going to get to the thing uh, soon. Um, have you listened to the commentary track between him and Kurt Russell? Like, if you listen to that, it's just him. Just you hear, you just hear him just smoking. And, but the whole, like, the, the whole time, it's like you can just imagine this room is just like choked full of smoke, and you hear Kurt Russell cackling the entire time. It's it's so much fun. It's just like, oh, Kurt Russell, you, you've lost years off your life because of John Carpenter. No, it's just funny just to hear like the cigarette. Like it is like it's a lot. <laughs> we'll get there when we get there in two months, people. But my God, it's it's really funny. All right. <laughs> okay, so the next one up here uh, is uh, number six. The Rubik's Cube was invented for cognitive tests for students using cannabis at Berkeley in the 60s. Token. Uh, no, that's a joke. I oh, that, that was, I was, uh, okay. So I said token, so that was a joke. <laughs> so I was right. Means it's true. Yeah. Okay, okay. That felt oddly specific. I was like, oh, no. I messed that up. <laughs> All right, number seven. In 1976, an art student changed the Hollywood sign to read Hollyweed after the passage of a state law decriminalizing cannabis. Well, I mean, so toking's true, right? Yes. Toking. Yeah, that is true. All so. right. All right. Uh, next one here. Jimmy John's provided a unique 420 twist, a sliding scale discount that is based on how high you are. Uh, joking. No, that's true. I oh, don't know son exactly. of a bitch. Uh, and apparently that was just something for yesterday. So, oh, God. Um, yeah, that was re- like super relative uh, to uh, new- the time that we're recording this. Yep. So, um, All right, number nine. To promote Caddyshack, Ke- Chevy Chase did a photo shoot for High Times dressed in nothing but a bikini made of cannabis. Toking. Joking, I made that one up. Oh, sorry. Well, okay. Oh, I messed this up. But yeah, I didn't think it was real. I said the wrong thing, but okay. Like, trust me, everybody. I like, yeah, okay. I didn't think that was real and I, I, I leaned into the wrong thing. Sorry. I didn't, I thought that was fake. So, sorry. I, I said the wrong thing. That's all right. We're at the last one, so it doesn't even matter at this point. Because uh, we're both not high. Okay, great. <laughs> in 1986, police in Albany, New York, once used seized marijuana in a bake sale benefiting a local Just Say No charity. The joke later became infamous when Nancy Reagan touted the sales success in one of her charity appearances. Toking. That one I made up. Oh, no, I just, there's been times where people like burn a bunch of marijuana, like, oh, this is amazing. And then like, you know, <laughs> all right. So, all right. So I'm going to ask you here to round, round out this episode. 
Um, okay. The highest you've ever been. I'm going to ask you a question right now. What's the highest you've ever been? Uh, I, I don't know. Freddy versus Jason. I'm kidding. It's not, no, no. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I guess I don't. I don't know. I mean, honestly, it's, I don't mean to make it sound like, oh, yeah, I'm high all the time or anything like that. But, like, you know, I'm trying to think. Like, there has been, you know, times where uh, if I mix alcohol and, and weed, it, it's gotten a little like, whoa. But, uh, well, do you remember that night when I was uh, watching Space Jam and, uh, like, uh, I was watching it for charity? Yeah. You're like, don't talk to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think. Oof. There was one of the first Halloween parties we had at uh, as a couple. Um, and I don't know that it's this really even counts because I was like trashed from the night. But like uh, it was the first time that I really, I think, had smoked weed in the sense of like one other time I had it was in my twenties and I was so trash that it didn't affect me. But in this case it like, I was at a point where I was like, Oh, he should probably stop drinking. (laughs) And it was like giving me a second wind. And like, I remember like the next day just being like, that was great because I probably would have thrown up. Uh, you know, had I not smoked weed, it just counterbalanced it. And I've never had that ever again. So I'm going to say that time, but I've never Fair been enough. like, so, you know, yeah, you find stupid things funny or, you know, for me, honestly, the biggest benefit is, you know, for a little while, I forget about the, you know, meaninglessness of existence and uh, <laughs> all my anxiety goes away. Uh <laughs> You know, so oh, yeah. I just, I mean, <laughs> uh, early on in my uh, weed having uh, life lifestyle, um, I <laughs> remember. Um, oh, uh, one of one of my uh, one of my roommates had made uh, a bunch of pot brownies, and he um, messed up the recipe and made them like really potent, and we did. None of us knew, right? It's like yeah. it's a brownie. And you're like, oh, that's not great. You're like, oh, I'm having a brownie. Like brownies aren't great. You're like, I'm not high. So your immediate reaction is, I like this brownie. You're going to have more brownies, right? So there was a bit um, where I was clutching a door frame. And and I was like, everybody just stop talking, stop talking. Because I had this weird thing in my head of like, I don't remember what I just said. And so like I was trying my best to be like, stop talking. I don't remember what I just said. And then one of my friends was like, hey, you're falling. And he was doing the leaning thing like leaning to the left and I just clutched the door frame as a grown person. I'm like, just stop it. Just stop it. And I was grabbing this door frame, try not to fall down. Cause I was super high on edible, edible marijuana. It was, uh, <laughs> it was weird. Um, and also I don't know if that was the same time or not, but it was when I was uh, listening to Johnny cash. I'm like, this song's amazing. And it was two minutes long. And then three seconds later, I'm like, is it over? <laughs> like, like when I when I get like super high, my time dilation goes out the window. Like I'm just done. Like I can't, I can't process. Right. But I also remember we had a friend's giving once. Um, that was like in January, like well after you know Thanksgiving and and uh, Christmas, where 
three of us ended up in the kitchen just ripping pieces of turkey off and eating it. And um, <laughs> and one of the people there were like, oh, I can tell you're high. I'm like, that doesn't mean we forget. Just calm down. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like you're judging us, but this turkey's amazing. Shut up. You know, like, you know, it's one of those things like, oh, great, great. You're judging us. You don't realize how great this turkey tastes right now. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know. Like, thank you for the, 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 um, the quiz. It's just, yeah, my time dilation goes out the window, and then my appreciation of turkey definitely goes like out the window as well. So there you go. That was fun. That was a fun quiz. Yeah, I mean, I can honestly say that I've not had a bad experience or overindulged. Oh, you're like, gonna be like, oh no, he he's had too much pot. He's had a bad pot trip. Oh no, oh no, he is. No, uh, I meant I meant just had so much that it's like, oh no, this is. This is a new level. I've I've not been there. I guess. Oh, there was so. a bit. There was a bit. Was having one of those brownies. We're like, oh, that's that's super dosed uh, pop brownie. I'm like, oh, I should probably go home right now. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then I drove to my apartment. And I remember at that point, like I didn't have a lot of furniture in my apartment. I'm like, oh, this is what feels like the sink to the floor. <laughs> like it was weird. Like, like, yeah, I've not had that experience. Oh, I guess is what I mean. It's fun, I, but at the same time, you're like, oh no, <laughs> I did too much. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, the both of us uh, imbibing of uh, the devil's weed. Um, we've not done that on an episode. Maybe no. at some point, just I don't know, like down the line, if we can, like parse it out maybe not do a, an actual episode of the show but if people <laughs> oh christ in heaven that'd be so bad like well, I'll, it... I'll just say you know uh you know in 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 regards to doing a show like we 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 did see what happened when i took an edible and thought i was going to be fine uh you know uh I, I have not done it purposefully we'll put it that way I thought I was no, be, no. You, you yeah, rolled the I'll dice. Okay. You rolled the yeah. dice, and it turned out well. But I'm saying, like, like I understand that we drink, and it's like I feel like I'm in better control versus being high. Um, yeah, I don't know. Your mileage may vary, but I also feel like, like, you're like I'm in control. It's like that's the same logic that gets people killed in cars. You know, like, <laughs> or other people in cars, you know. So anyway, so yeah, let's go do it. Let's go do it for this episode. Um Christ in heaven. All right. So next week, um, we're gonna continue our year of carpenter with the fog, uh 1980s, the fog after the after after the Halloween. That's not what it's called. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I've not seen this film all the way through. So that's an admission. I've not seen the fog all the way through. Okay. Well, um, I do have the stream factory edition of it. So I'm, I'm going to look forward to digging into, uh, the special features for the episode and learning a little bit. Hopefully that'll give me a, you know, very up my own ass opinion that I can share yeah. on the podcast. No, but, no, uh, no, no. That's different. <laughs> Information is no, I... different than opinion. There's a difference <laughs> there. So I also have the book that we've been talking about assault of the system. Um, it's going to be, um, it's going to be a good talk. I, I, I'm looking forward to this cause I, I've seen parts of it. I've not seen the whole film. So what, I, what I'll say about this is, is, uh, uh, Tom Atkins, you know, the man, the legend, 
gets literally the cushiest of roles here in the fog. And we'll talk about it when we get to it. But it's literally like, oh, you know what your character does? Uh, he hooks up with Jamie Lee Curtis. That's that's literally all he's there for. It's like, wow, pretty good role, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, throw me. All right, so that's going to do it for us this week. Everybody have a good week. Have a safe week. Um, I, I don't know. Um don't don't get up your own butt about your opinions. That's what I got nothing else. <laughs> and stay away from Jimmy Chons when you're high, apparently. <laughs> <laughs>